Welcome to the Ether. Today is Thursday, November 3rd, 2022. Today on the Ether, a Chepe space. What did Do Kwan say today? Let's take a listen. Hey, I'm kind of driving myself somewhere to eat after getting off work here. Uh, I think Bruce and some of the gang may want to show up here in a little bit. Uh, if you guys can retweet things so that we can kind of sort of get people in here. We can kind of talk about all of the exciting shit going on today. There's quite a bit happening. So just give me a minute. Hey, expert, what's going on? Nothing. Uh, exciting day. Did you kind of catch up with the news? Yes. What did you think? Nothing. Okay. All right. <laughs> give us a bit. Let me wait for the guys to come on a little bit. Hey, see, what food are you getting? Hey, buddy. Yeah, how how are you doing? Uh, did you uh, catch the news? We'll kind of shoot the shit a little bit until people show up. Um, did you did you kind of follow uh, kind of the ideas that Do Kwan had for for everything? <laughs> did you happen to notice? No, I I've actually completely have missed this one. It seems to be. Um, so I was kind of joining actually to um, get in the know. I'm starting to understand more and more how important Luna actually is, regardless of what people think. It's just, you know, it's a ticking time bomb, really. Yeah, I think, uh, well, well, we can go over the fairly deep dive for people who don't know, maybe start from the beginning to some extent. Um, we'll... Uh, I was hoping that uh, Bruce would also hop on here in a bit as well. Um, I don't know if he's away from the phone or some shit right now. But um, yeah, like, so uh, for those that don't know, basically, uh, Do Kwan kind of tweeted out um, previously kind of a picture of a feather. And basically, there's kind of a project called Project Feather. And um like what it is is basically a competitor to like atom 2.0 which is a cosmos hub project to bring value for um uh the atom chain it's a bit of a competitor to interchain security which is this idea that you can take like the cosmos hub and spin up um like a like a sub chain or a consumer chain um, which basically means that you take the existing validator network and you can basically um, use the security of that network to spin up um, new chains and make it really easy for people to spin up chains by creating like toolkits and infrastructure. Right now, if you are like a developer and you're like a Cosmos newbie, um, 
like the documentation is so-so and like the tooling and websites needed to start up a new chain are kind of pathetic and um sort of like what the feather protocol that do Kwan is envisioning is that using the terra blockchain and terra money's resources to create like uh tooling and websites needed to more easily spin up a brand new cosmos chain while bringing value to um the the luna blockchain uh at the same time um so it's essentially like a competition to Atom 2.0, interchain security, uh, to things like Celestia, which uh, is a modular blockchain idea. And this would probably be kind of complementary to Celestia in some ways, but <clears throat> and um, also a, co a complementary or competitor thing to Osmosis's idea of, um, which is Sunny Argawal's project um, of mesh security. So it's this idea that you take existing validators in different chains and, um, you know, validators can validate multiple chains simultaneously and um, also make it easy for someone new project, like let's say a company who wants to build a blockchain to just show up and spin one up. So one reason why all this is important is because um, it's just a way to bring value and uh, really high grade development to Terra once more. The other reason it's important is because no matter what other blockchain you're on in the cosmos, uh, these kinds of developments are relevant to everybody because if anything, it's a competitor to all other forms of like uh, blockchains on the cosmos. So this is not really a minor thing. Um, and Terraform Labs like knows the cosmos blockchain quite deeply. There's some of the most... Um, like experienced developers uh, as far as like developing on Cosmos for the last years. And um, so, uh, you know, anything that they say they can produce, we know they can produce them. And I think a lot of this stuff has already been in the works for the past six months or so. So um, I think some of the announcement uh, timing wise uh, has something to do with the token unlocks, right? So the vesting tokens airdrops for Luna uh, after the Terra crash for people that owned Luna before, those are coming unlocked this month or starting through like the next few months. And that, I think the timing of this uh, has to do with maybe, um, you know, coinciding it with possible sell pressure from token unlocks so that people that are getting their tokens unlocked, they have a reason not to sell. Um, but like, so compared to where Terra's price is now uh, for Luna, uh, the market cap of like three to four hundred million dollars, which is quite low, um, and with the pretty large uh, Terra Station wallet user base, like um, any kind of like serious effort on Terra represents a pretty like credible ten x from current price, I think, or five to ten x in terms of valuation compared to like other blockchains that don't do anything quite frankly like so it's it's quite readily possible for them to create really cool shit and then there are some things there's also been announced for terra station which is important for both luna classic and luna and for the rest of the cosmos in that um the i kind of brought up like i think a month ago i tweeted 
you know, to the terror station folks, I'm like, look, we need more easy ways to bring money to Terra, the, the terror station wallet. And Terra station is still handled by the TFL team. Like Luna classic, for example, doesn't have a wallet of its own. Um, so it's still dependent on the team to sort of continue to build that out because it's a great wallet. And, um, you know, a lot of, I guess, time, money and development went into building that. And, um, Ultimately, if you can bring other Cosmos coins readily in, like, for example, right now, you can't buy Luna Classic or Luna on Coinbase, for example, or, well, most of the American exchanges. And what that means is you'll be able to buy like Atom, bring it into your Terra Station wallet and exchange it for whatever the hell you want. Um, so this makes it all the more important. For the Luna Classic blockchain to upgrade to full Cosmosm capabilities, because then, like dexes and protocols and things can easily communicate with both chains, and um, I, I think uh, it's like not connecting it and not getting that done means that well, you just don't want money to come into the Luna Classic blockchain, which makes zero sense whatsoever. Um, <laughs> you you want like projects, you want it to make it very easy to buy whether it's NFTs or any other products in Luna Classic using either Luna liquidity or vice versa. And you want to make it easy for people otherwise other in the cosmos to come in. And you want to make a lot more money easy to come into like the, um, the Terra Station wallet. It's hard to interrupt you. You just never pause. Yeah, no, I don't. I, I'm not. Really, <laughs> I, I'm not trying to have a conversation here. I'm just trying to tell everybody first what's going on. But no, I just um, want. Yeah, I just want. You have a really just, bad echo, by the way. Um, oh, I do. Hold on a sec. Okay, let me let, let me let me let me just change positions one sec. Sure thing. Hey everyone. All right, is it better here? Hey everyone. Yeah, can you hear me now? Yeah, you're good, man. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I just wanted to say that we did get confirmation from uh, Do in a private chat that they do have a working uh, version of Feather. So they've already built the thing. It's not something that they're yeah, exactly. still building. Yeah, so I just wanted to clear that out for everyone. Yeah, I, I heard the same thing. So, like, yeah, there's, um, uh, I think Doe eventually, I think, was going to come on with us and chat a bit. Uh, when he has the opportunity, but we'll we'll try to organize that later. I hey, can Bruce. jump in, uh, Safa. Yeah, Kevin, go ahead. Okay. Uh, didn't uh, Do have uh, a company that made something to do with the mesh in in the past? Not sure what mesh is. You know, boomer, mesh, you know. mesh security is something Osmosis is proposing. Um, mm. That's very different than. Uh, Right, but didn't Door sell a company three or four years ago that was Mesh Security? Pretty sure I read that a couple of years ago. I don't know. I don't. It has nothing to do with what we're talking about now, though. No. Oh, okay. So anyway, yeah, Bruce. Uh, I was just sort of filling people in on what's been going on. <laughs> what have you been up to? Causing havoc? Mm, no, but it's nice to see a uh, big blend of people here. Happy Caddy Crypto, my old Luna friends, uh, Mandeves, everyone. It's nice. Nice, cozy little uh, gathering. Um, it's nice. I like it. 
I'm I'm yeah. I'm a new Luna friend. Just in case you guys didn't know, I, I, I'm I'm new. Yeah, like I I don't even have uh, like any direct interest in uh, like for example, I'm, if, if Luna Classic goes up, like I don't have enough Luna Classic to make it worth my while either way. So anything Whoa. I do to help the Luna Classic chain is like pretty much out of my goodwill. That's about it um because i just don't, like i don't have enough of a bag to matter honestly mm. so um, you're saying you're only so. interacting with the Luna, the lunk people to try and siphon them to luna it's all a big manipulation yeah maybe it could that could be yeah <laughs> oh yeah the old, the old one in the pink two in the stink but at the same time I, I actually talk about quite a few cosmos chains for which i have no actual like financial ties to as well like uh i don't know like omniflix and this that and the other thing so uh yeah i just think it's good like bullish for the whole cosmos if everyone in the cosmos is doing well it's just kind of my general philosophy i'll like, I, I, don't think everyone, I don't think everyone has to own everything in order to you know like uh have fun <laughs> safer yeah, go ahead, man. How does it fit in with Terra Money? This uh, the feather, you know, is it? Is it current? You know, Terra Money's Terra Money, isn't it? You know what I mean? So, yeah, TFL is the one producing that whole system, and it's basically a new functionality for specifically the uh, for the te for the Terra Luna two blockchain, um, mm. and uh, but at the same time, like. Uh, so come January, when Interchain Security gets released on Cosmos Hub, technically, both Terra V2 and Luna Classic both can technically upgrade um, the, the blockchains to, like, Interchain Security and the ability to do, like, um, consumer chains and all of that stuff. So there's a lot coming um, that uh, different chains are going to implement depending on, like, you know, their developers and everything. And what their communities want and where they want to take everything so yeah kind of sky's the limit um as far as like uh interactions between chains and all of that but from a general sort of like meme perspective um i think uh well it's kind of weird like on the one hand the the luna classic folks have this kind of interesting antagonism towards i guess uh tfl which is weird because like almost nobody that got wrecked on Terra actually like owns much Luna Classic. <laughs> I don't know what that's all about, but I think that became kind of a meme, like this anti TFL, anti Doquan meme thing, which yeah. is fine. It's fun. <laughs> like, but at the same time, like long term, I think it's much more likely that like, uh, you know, like if both chains succeed and uh, there's some kind of amazing like twin coin, twin chain narrative or some fucking thing, I think that's going to be cooler. Like, I think it's much easier to have two communities like shilling um essentially w one like unified liquidity than it is for like um i don't know I, I think it's interesting too like keep maybe keep the luna classic tokenomics different substantially too because if it's different like people have two different in investing choices at the same place like one is an inv inflationary coin and one is maybe like a mostly deflationary coin which can be actually a cool like um you know it, it makes for some interesting trading pairs and stuff like that 
you, you want diversity between your coins. Otherwise, everything's the same, which can be kind of cool. But uh, yeah. Philip, what's up? It's been a while. Hello. Um, I'm new to this space. Um, I'm not new, new to um, Luna Classic. I was there on Friday the 13th. And um, I bought about a quarter of a million mm. for $20. Uh, bought some more. I'm not that technically minded. And a lot of it, if you, I find that if you leave the uh, long space for 10 minutes, you are years out of date. So I'd just like to ask one or two questions um, to keep me up to speed in relation to the 1.2% burn tax and the now 0.2%, was it a 0.02% tax? Have they been universally adopted um, by people, you know, the top 20 exchanges? That's my main question. Mm -hmm. I doubt it. Um, any kind of change the exchanges have to make manually on their own. I don't know what they, what they, I don't know what they updated exactly. Do you, Bruce? Sorry, sir. I was changing headphones. Um, did exchanges implement anything different as far as like the burns and all that with Luna Classic? Uh, I think it's 0.2% now. Right. Have, has that been adopted by people like, uh, Binance. Binance owns the most lunk in the background. Um, are they implementing it? Let me, uh, I'll, I'll pass you to Happy Caddy for the latest update on that. Right. I'm going to come out of the space because I can't hear him. Okay. I'll, I'll come out of space, but you carry on. I'll, I'll keep back straight. Happy Caddy, can we? Yeah, I, I just had a literally like a huge blip with all my sound. Um, I don't know if people are using Bluetooth headsets, but they're for some reason messing around with the Twitter spaces. It's a known issue. Um, I just had to leave and come back in to get it corrected. <coughs> what did I miss? No. Philip, are you there still? I am. Yeah, the question. Hi, Catty. Happy Catty, hope you're okay. The Pussycat's okay. Yeah, the question is, um, basically, um, I keep coming out of um, the uh, the scene for two minutes and I'm back and I don't know what's going on. Um, first of all, there was 1.2% burn tax proposed and uh, voted upon. Then it was the 0.2% tax. Have they been adopted by all the big players? Um, what's Binance doing? Because I know Binance have got trillions of these coins and they have to be burnt i know everybody's going on about uh, staking but staking won't um increase the price of um luna classic and i'm one of these people who is more than willing to wait a couple of years but uh, if nothing's really going to happen um then again i can't afford not to sell my pot i mean i've only got 200 pounds worth of coins um if i sell it up that's fine i can buy myself a lego lamborghini but if i do sell up then the price goes through the roof and then i'm going to feel like i've just lost the lottery ticket anyway back to you happy i think crypto is kind of like a lottery ticket in itself when you kind of slim it down to its most core concept it's kind of like going to the race course and uh, uh picking a horse you know understanding the horse understanding what kind of foods it's eaten what kind of trainer it's had is it good at jumping is it good at sprinting is it good for the long distance the short distance but no one really can tell you how that race is going to play out um it'd be great if we did know because 
then we could all benefit from it. But as to the burn tax, it was dropped down and we aren't seeing this whole kind of mass adoption from CEXs. And I think if we applied the same pressure that was applied to Binance, we could probably get them to do it. But I kind of understand where you're coming from with this whole kind of you're feeling like it's fizzling out. You know, things may not be kind of what you expected they were or what someone told you it was going to be like. So I, I totally get maybe it. I could, but. Happy, maybe I could ask a quick question for anybody here who um, sort of like feels like, okay, let me think of it this way. Uh, so what coin in crypto does anybody know of that has a burn mechanism that has particularly done like extraordinarily well long term. That's the first question to think about here, because um, there's a lot of coins with burn mechanisms. Just having a burn mechanism doesn't specifically like achieve anything on its own. So that's something to sort of be aware of. Um, if you but. ultimately, if you uh, <laughs> ultimately, if you want to have <laughs> like, the value of the chain go up, the the most obvious thing is have more users show up. Like if you double the number of users, you would more than double the value of the token, way more so than like the any kind of existing users and any kind of burn mechanism. And like in order to have lots of transactions on the chain, you have to have a lot of cool shit to do on chain. Um, even if you are going to say, well, transactions are going to result in burns, like how do you get, you know, maybe 10x the transactions you have now? Uh, that's, I think, the most important thing to... Uh, consider but again what do i know <laughs> you know more than i do um everybody here knows more than i do um yeah i just my concern is that there's just too many of these coins there's what maybe seven billion seven trillion um if you look at all the other coins um there's not many that are doing that brilliantly um above the one cent value i mean it's great to get this to a dollar it's not going to happen to get to 10 cents would be good for everybody i can't even see that happening at the, mo at the moment unless there is so much going on anyway i've talked too much so they've got but Zed you guys but you guys do understand how market caps work right it's just the total the, the price of the coin doesn't necessarily matter so you don't have to burn anything necessarily. It's very similar to like stock market, like, uh, like, you know, maybe Apple stock is a $140 and, you know, Facebook stock might be $10, but that doesn't mean Facebook is one, you know, you know, uh, one fifteenth the, the value of Apple. It just means that's just happens to be the stock price. It depends on how many shares are outstanding. Right. So then if you, you could have trillion or 10 trillion tokens, that doesn't necessarily matter. The market cap is all that actually matters. So, you know, and, and the market cap, the, the number one thing to make that go up is more users buying the coin. Obviously, favorable tokenomics will make people interested. But at the end of the day, like people, if they're going to come park their money on any blockchain, they have to be given compelling reasons to do so. That's the biggest thing. So that's what I think um, folks should worry about way more than any kind of like tokenomic shit. I'll give you an example. So take Adam for as a great example. It has a 19% yield at this moment. When I bought it, like, I don't know, two years ago, 
it was like at uh, I think it was like nine percent yield or something. So it's gone up because not as many like stakers are around. And the price of the token went from like a dollar in 2020, and then it went up to like uh, $45 at the top of the bull market. And now it's at about, you know, $14 or something like that, right? So it's still a 14x from the bottom, but it's inflationary and it's quite highly inflationary. So why is it keeping its value? It's keeping its value because Atom is everywhere and it is sort of like a core liquidity token for the cosmos. And that means that there's always going to be some buyer available for it to do stuff in the cosmos, like in the different chains or whatever, right? So the so it has the ability to track new users. Now, is the price would the price be even higher if it wasn't for the inflation? Perhaps. But at the same time, it's not a necessity. Um, like the tokenomics is a very long-term thing. Short term or even like even over that long term, you want to have a lot more users, generally speaking. That's the general goal. So anyway, what, what Doquan did at what he described today regarding Terra Station, I think should perk everyone's ears up, whether you're on Luna or Luna Classic. And that is to update the Terra Station app in order to um, bring in a lot more cross-chain activities. And that's not something that you can vote on. Uh, Terra Station can update whatever the hell they want. They're basically independent. So um, you're going to see that happen no matter what. Um, and I think it'll benefit uh, the Luna chain specifically, but it'll also benefit Luna Classic if the Luna Classic community, um, you know, uh, makes sure that those connections exist on that wallet for that community as well. So I don't think there's any obligation for the Terra Station people to do anything for anybody, technically speaking. So just be aware of that. But like, I think it's beneficial to to everybody ultimately. So I think Doquan in conversations uh, outside, you know, has no ill will or ill will for the Luna Classic chain and wants it to succeed and has no problems if it does, right? Mm. So Sefi. Who whose side are you on? Is it is it Do Kwan or are you on our side? Mm. Well, I'm always on Gadol's side. So, well, I periodically um, I had like I've had an affair with Do Kwan, so maybe I'm not. I'm kind of biased, right? So can I jump in there, sir? Yeah, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> So I did a quick Google search. I know you said it weren't relevant, but it's there for everybody. So it says, Doe is the founder and former CEO of AnyFi, a wireless mesh network startup building one of the most sophisticated decentralized apps in the real world use. During his time at AnyFi, Doe co-invented several of the company's key patents around decentralized networks and routing systems. No, that's an old Google that was one. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. I think if I remember it correctly, it was something like um, uh, a network of apps where if you don't have a direct internet connection yourself, you can connect through the network through somebody else's phone and get internet that right. way. Okay. Steph, you would know. Um, but it it was a different company, something that that closed down. Oh yeah, yeah. Four years ago. Yeah, I think he sold that though. Not a few bob, I believe. Yeah, so. but it's it's how he got into um, things like crypto. I think he had yeah. that company. It was it was about you know teleconnectivity and the internet um, and, and mesh net mesh net connectivity. 
and then through that he got interested in crypto and everything else so it was like his his origin story but it didn't um relate to crypto in any way right okay Anyway, uh, Z, uh, any comments? Yeah, what's going on, brother? Good morning. LD, what's up, big dog? Happy caddy. What's happening, man? Hello, everybody else. Luna, Luna Classic Lovers. Um, I'm currently at a Chinese buffet, and I opened up my fortune cookie. And with your guys' permission, I'd like to show you what's on the inside of this cookie. Could I pin something to the top real quick? Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Maybe because um, like Bruce and I, we usually make most of our like like lottery ticket decisions and everything else usually off those fortune cookies. So yeah, you're in good company. <laughs> Check it out, man. This is hilarious. Yeah, this, this <laughs> protocol, is there like a, like a Twitter post or a Medium article or something you can point me towards? Uh, no, I just happened to open my cookie, and FTX has advertising inside the cookie. FTX is advertising in a fortune cookie? Yes, sir. <laughs> that Sam uh, Bankman freed us getting into the Chinese best. You guys see that? So... <laughs> I'm in the middle of eating and I was like, I just stepped into the space and I was like, oh my God, I got to show everybody real quick. And what if we did the same thing for Luna Classic? I mean, it's a no brainer. Everybody in this world eats and who doesn't love, you know, Chinese food? It's, it's It really was a no brainer for them to do it, honestly. Hey, Happy, I want to see this in one of your videos, bro. This would be hecka tight. <laughs> All right, I don't have nothing really serious to say, guys, but I just wanted to share that with y'all. Uh, go ahead and go about your day. Uh, just be listening. <laughs> thank, thank you, sir. Uh, thank you for that FTX uh, fortune. I thought you were going to get some kind of like alpha, maybe on, uh, or maybe it means buy FTX tokens, that perhaps. Hmm. Fortune does yeah. favor the bold. Have you guys seen that um, the the baseball thing I posted earlier? That's really cool. Like in terms of advertisement, one of the funniest things, <laughs> it's it's funny on a lot of levels. I don't know if you know this story completely, Seppi. You might have, because this is one of those um, stories that wasn't told much, is when when the original Luna, which became Lunk, was at its peak, uh, there was a proposal to spend $40 million on five years of advertising contracts with the Washington Nationals baseball team, one of the top um, baseball teams in the USA. And to 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 pimp out their whole stadium with Terra adverts, and to make the seats in the stadium have Terra backings. If I'll post it on here, I've I've posted it a few tweets ago, and um and also to to pimp out the clubhouse, like the the clubhouse for the VIPs and whoever else is entirely Terra themed, and that's a five year contract. And I think it was only signed like the start of this year or something. So there's this like five year deal with a top baseball team to have adverts in their stadium for five years um, with a massive marketing budget. And everyone's kind of forgotten about this, but uh, it, it's still happening now. And if you go on the Washington Nationals um, Twitter page, you'll see that they have terror adverts everywhere. And it's, it's just quite a funny thing because like, um, it's like we've inherited this thing and it immediately died after we signed up for it. 
the, the funny thing is that that you know why he chose the Washington National Sefi. Um, he might not admit this publicly. It's mostly just because it's like good for lobbying there in DC and having no. like. D- who is I the? Heard different, I had different theories about why why do it in DC right there. Oh, that's from the mouth. But like, um, yeah, like it's Gary Gensler's favorite team. Gary Gensler is the head of the SEC, the the main um, anti crypto regulator guy in the whole world. So he went straight to his um, like home base and his favorite baseball team and pimped it out with Terra logos. <laughs> yeah, masterful, certainly. <laughs> it's, uh, it's too bad. <laughs> the uh, yeah, actually, the interesting thing is, yeah, the you can still get to all the links to everything from their little billboards or whatever. I don't know if it's going to keep going for five years. I guess maybe it's paid for already or I don't know. It's done. It's done. I think it's it's done. They can update it. They can update everything. Um, I posted in the the like the secret Terra Dev chat that they should update it, and TFL guys thumbed it up. So I think they're going to be able to change it. I think it should be something generic between Lunk and Luna. Then both communities could get behind it and spam all of the Washington Nationals fans and stuff. Because <laughs> I think one of the funny things was that the old the old Luna community was full of really nerdy people. So when this deal was signed, everyone was like, that's great. But like, uh, you know, I've never done any sport in my life. Like, like these, these people who were in the old community were super smart, but also like unphysical dweebs, like spotty, spotty, unphysical dweebs who've never done a single day of exercise in their lives. That was them. Um, but now it's like it's changed hands and, and the, the lunk community is a lot cooler people, you know, like the the every man, the, the guy with hopes, you know, the, the normal guy, that's, that's what the lung community is. Um, so hopefully they'll get behind it more. I think they could really capitalize on the, the whole um, baseball thing a lot more than the old Luna community did, which is interesting. Let's maybe get AB's uh, question and then maybe you can fill us in on what you think about the feather story. Cause I think uh, when I first re- reviewed it a little while ago, I think most of the people in the audience here weren't there. So we could do it again. Uh, AB, what's up, man? Can you hear me okay? Hey, guys. Yeah, not, not, now I hear. Hello, guys. Are you all good? How are you, my coach? Yeah. You're my love motherfucker, I have to say before I to start. So, guys, because you always speak about this burn process, you have to understand we have 6.8 trillion. So it doesn't matter if it's 0.2, 1.2%. I even for the 0.2 now, even if you change it to quick, because you get every time advertisement, like, okay, now Binance did it every week, now they do it every month. Every one of you have to understand if you burn something, it means we burn real money. It's not like we're burning some coins and other coins stays, it's the same money. So calculate how many trillions are there and how much money we would burn. And this money we could use for better things, even as coach said before, like 14 millions to get like on the basketball team, and the same, I think we should use for other things instead of just burning, burning and talking about this 1.2%, even if it's 5%, doesn't matter. It's really not, guys, because you burn at the same time money as well. It would be good if it would be other exchanges, like KuCoin or that, because they're still using. Now, for the exchange, for the bets, I'm not burning at the same time. But we would we should go away from this point because there are some proposals that should be 0.6% and all that. That doesn't bring us forward. Bring us forward if you have a clear options projects and invest the money so we can go like further up in the world and more because the bull market will start very soon. And uh, as more we get public, as more we get money in, 
1.5 billion is not a lot in the beer market, yeah, but not in the bull market. Yep. Uh, so yeah, Coach, uh, what do you think about the Feather Protocol announcement for Luna specifically? What do you think it means and like, are you looking forward to it? I confess I haven't had a proper read yet, Steffi. Um, I've had a busy day with my, my elderly parents have been visiting, so I've been taking them around the local area and stuff. Uh, I haven't had a, a proper read. Maybe you can be the first to, uh, I don't know, explain it like I'm five. And um, Yeah, so what... So one of the problems, uh, so let's kind of like maybe start with like, what is, what is one of the big problems in the cosmos? One of the problems is if I want to start up the Cephi chain, uh, like, you know, it takes quite a bit of knowledge in terms of development experience, um, understanding what the hell, uh, tendermint is, and then what is Cosm Wasm, which is the smart contract language and all this other bullshit like that, you know, only nerds are going to understand. And, um, you know, if you're f brand new, like the complaint is that, well, it's a little, it's a bit, little bit, uh, it's really hard to sort of spin up a new cosmos chain. So, um, you know, if you have pretty good experience in, you know, working on dApps and things like that, like Kajira, for example, they spun up a new chain lately. Um, but if you're new to the space, you know, it's supposed to be relatively straightforward to spin up a new chain, you know, and you, but you have to spend some time doing a variety of things. One is you got to understand like how the code and everything works, obviously. It's like just an engineering thing. Um, and then the second thing you have to know is, okay, like, uh, how do I get a coalition of validators together? Um, how do I get them to all work together and ultimately support my chain? Uh, so if you have like a history of, you know, maybe, you know, you have some venture capital backing or you have like built a dApp before like the Kajira people, or let's say you have DYDX coming from Ethereum to Cosmos and they have a really, really good like revenue model and they know what they're doing. So they have a lot of, you know, venture capital backing them or say network with a ton of, ton of venture capital backing them. They can spend the time, the money and the effort to spin up a new Cosmos chain find enough validators and usually validators will be enthusiastic to join on to a project where there's already a lot of capital like flowing in right so this is what like doe refers to as gentrification of blockchains where you know usually if you're really rich uh it's easier to find uh new money to come and play on your chain it's easier to hire validators it's e like you know sign on validators is easier to find Know, new dApps that want to come on so any project that comes and you know wants to build on your blockchain whether it's luna or luna classic or juno or whatever the hell like they want to make sure like the whole chain is well maintained it's updated that um you know the the people in the background are building more like coalitions and bringing new projects in so money can flow into you know their dApps right so it's almost like you have to have a business development in the background. But the first problem is just simply the sheer cost of starting up a new Cosmos chain uh, in terms of intellectual cost and time and everything else is kind of high. So what several projects are doing, Atom 2.0, Interchain Security is one of them. Uh, Osmosis with what's called Mesh Security Model is a different one. 
Um, and then now Terra is introducing alternative where um, the Terra blockchain and its validators, uh, we're talking about Luna now, not Luna Classic. Luna, uh, uh, the chain will basically <clears throat> be able to provide all sorts of tooling uh, to make it really easy to spin up a new blockchain. And if you don't have enough validators to um, you know, support your own chain, like then the Terra blockchain will supply security and um, this represents a way to bring revenue into Terra as a result of doing this. So um, this is the kind of general idea behind this. Um, and I think what it does is it makes it a lot easier for a lot of lot smaller companies and projects, instead of starting a DAP or a decentralized application, they could go straight to starting a whole new blockchain that is supported in the background by the Terra network validators. Um, so somewhat similar to what Adam is doing with uh, interchain security. And I think probably Terra will maybe use some of the same interchain security technology that's being deployed in January. Um, I'm not sure of all the technical nuances. Doe's comments today, which were on Agora, did not include like how this is being done exactly or whether it's going to use ICS. But it's it's kind of like a competitor to ICS in a sense. And it a competitor is. to osmosis uh, for the same thing. So that's what basically that's all about. And the, the name feather basically means make it sort of like easy as lifting a feather to like start a new blockchain, um, I think is the is the inference mm -hmm. there. Maybe you could break that down a bit more then, um, Sethi, and just talk about like advantages for Luna and advantages for the, the secondary chain that, that works with it. Like what's the yeah? The so so the benefit to Luna would be um, that you're basically paying some of your uh, validator rewards are being paid to the primary chain, um, either in the form of the the daughter chain's like own token goes into maybe you know into like the Luna Treasury or something, or um, it's uh, like paid for in Luna. So, you know, it, you know, creates a revenue stream, essentially, where um, uh, it, it's an inexpensive way for this new chain to start up without having to find its own validator set. So the, the ease of use uh, is part of it. And the other part of it is like Cosmos chains are a pain in the ass for developers to keep upgrading and fucking around with. Right. So imagine like if you have an Apple iPhone uh, right now. Like and you have an update to the iOS operating system, right? You just simply like lately, all you do is just like plug in your phone, and the next update will automatically download and install, right? So the beauty of that is like you don't have to be worried that if you're let's say Adobe or Twitter or some other like you know application on the Apple iPhone, you don't have to worry that the the phone user base that that you know like they're deploying their apps on they're going to assume that majority of the iPhone user base is updated in terms of operating system so that they know that they can go ahead and update on their end, you know, without causing a lot of problems. So the beauty of that is you sort of have like the Terra blockchain becomes sort of like, I don't know, like Red Hat Linux or something like that, where you have a company that or a team that is making sure that like any updates they do to Luna would assist in benefiting any like, secondary chains that tie in with it right so basically you're 
you're leveraging TFL's um, developers or coders or whatever you call them um, team, and you're leveraging their knowledge to make sure everything stays updated for any chain that is tied to the Luna blockchain. So I think that's part of it um, in, in my mind. And I think that's that does address some serious concerns that people have with both like the difficulty and maintaining a Cosmos chain. Like if you notice, if you're a Luna Classic user right now, you'll notice that there's a lot of arguments about like, okay, IBC is not updated and this is not updated and we have to have developers to do this, that, and the other thing. Technically speaking, what could happen is, is that you could, um, you could theoretically have some kind of tie-in between let's say Luna and, and Luna Classic, where in the future, like maybe updates could be pushed to the Terra Classic chain um, and, uh, or something like that. I don't, like, I don't know all the nuances behind it, but that's the idea, right? It's, it's a pain in the ass to run a blockchain it's expensive and it's like redundant developers because what the hell, like if you're using the full Cosmos upgraded chain, like why would you want to have a whole nother set of developers on each chain to manage this shit when like it could be fixed by, you know, like one team and it gets pushed out or something like that. So I think these are the kinds of advantages. Mm. Starting a chain is easier and maintaining it's easier. And then the, the like Terra benefits from that indirectly. I think that's the idea. Yes, starting it's easier, um, maintaining it's easier. The the secondary chain gains economic security by making Luna the staking asset, and they also um, integrate that secondary chain into Terra Station to make it the wallet, arguably the best wallet in in uh, DeFi, right? Right. Um, so that's, and that's the and third part. Yeah, the wallet integration. Yeah, exactly. they integrate it into um, Terra's RPC module mantle. So you get access to millions of these installs. Um, it, yeah, it, it, it's like a, it's, it, it makes it easier on every level. You get the network, you get the yeah. install. Because right now, I don't know if people are aware of this, but I'm sure most of the people here have a Kepler wallet. Um, if you don't, you should, because you should check it out. But KEPLR, you can download it in the App Store and play around in the thing. But um, one of the things about Kepler wallet, it's really cool. And it has like integrated some, you know, some of the blockchains like Stargaze and this and that are integrated in there, which is really cool. But you have to pay quite a bit of money to Kepler in order to incorporate your chain onto Kepler, which is like how they make money and how the development of Kepler proceeds is that's how they, you know, they monetize this. But theoretically, um, it may be possible on Terra Station if new chains want to show up that they don't necessarily have to um, like, they don't necessarily have to have all of that capital to integrate into the wallet. It would be kind of foregone conclusion that if you are a like uh parachain, so to speak for Terra, then you would be integrated in the wallet sort of automatically or something like that, which is really cool. Like, um, you know, so that's a big problem in uh, many blockchains, many layer ones, the wallet experience sucks. Okay. So like, the Terra Station wallet experience is better than probably like what ninety five percent of wallets out there. Um, Kepler and um, like Kepler and Terra Station are much cleaner and easier to use, and quite frankly, more secure than many of the wallets out in crypto today. So I think when <laughs> it's funny that like a lot of Luna Classic users, for example, showed up and started speculating on Binance, but they don't realize that the Terra Station wallet is one of the best out there because many people are new to DeFi. So that, yeah, those integrations can be really, really good. And um, 
I think you could see Bruce like an explosion of activities, like maybe, you know, a lunk Dow chain or, you know, whatever, like you can do all sorts of interesting stuff, um, you know, and, and create different types of projects because you immediately have that visibility within the wallet. Right. So that's a huge plus for developers. They'll say, look at this. Uh, we show up, we have a wallet integration. People can bring their Atom or USDC or something in here. Right. And then when, by the way, like USDC is coming native to Cosmos as well. So you'll be able to use that directly on Terra or Classic, technically speaking. So that means you'd be able to ultimately connect like Kado Money, which is a, like a fiat on-ramp, maybe connected to Terra Station. And a person might be able to go like straight from cash uh, directly over to um, like, you know, Luna Classic, Luna or any other chains that are that are um, on there. So those kind of integrations where you don't have to use a full exchange anymore, um, you know, I think those would be very, very popular. And and we're like everyone was waiting for that shit to come out, actually, before the terror crash. A lot of cool stuff was emerging, but um, unfortunately got like pushed back as a result of the kind of bear market and also the terror crash. So, yeah, like this is, um, I, I think, exciting. Uh, Bruce, what do you think about the timing of this and the token unlocks? You think they just did this to kind of maybe keep people with tokens unlocking on Terra, you know, on Luna to like maybe prevent them, from, not prevent them from, discourage them from selling because new shit's coming? Or what do you think? Because the unlocks are like this week, right? Oh, God knows. I, I just, I trust in daddy. You know, I I regard Dokuan as my daddy and kind of a god. Like, you know, when the, you know, in the movie Troy, there's Achilles and all those famous warriors and they are regarded as somehow halfway between mortal and gods. Like they're not quite gods because they can die, but at the same time, they are much more than men. That That's how yeah, I, see yeah. Dokuan, I see Like Dokuan a demigod. That. Yeah, like a demigod, somewhere in between like somehow celestial and beyond and transcendent, but at the same time, you know, subject to human folly and fault um, and subject to being able to fly too close to the sun. I, I see him that way. So that's, that, that's my opinion. I, I don't know. And I've decided just to trust him. I've decided to stop thinking myself, stop trying to work it out, just accept that his mind contains a, a level of complexity that is far beyond anything I'll ever be able to understand. And when he gazes upon me, it's like he's seeing this this small struggling insect, you know, scurrying around, scuttling around, trying to work out where to get the next piece of food. You know, he looks down as if he's some kind of alien looking through a telescope um, or a microscope. Almost he, like looking at a small mouse in a cage or something. Maybe yeah, a hamster wheel or something like that, like, right? He's looking as a very superior mind. He's looking down at me through his microscope to the Petri dish in which I inhabit. Um, and he's, he's like pitying me. That, that's how I see Doquan. So I've just decided just to, to trust him. Uh, the thing about Doquan is, is uh, when he posted this proposal earlier, when he posted it, he'd already built everything a long time ago. The guy is just a strategist. He's, he's putting these things in sequence as part of an unfolding puzzle to solve the, the chess game or the chess position of the situation he's in. But he's already built everything. Like, um, I speak to people at, at uh, certain institutions and certain whatever. I can't say too much, but certainly a hell of a lot is already built, um, and a, a hell of a lot is already waiting to be rolled out. So do not uh, do not count out that guy, and do not imagine he hasn't already done significant work before he proposes something. 
uh, it, a lot is already ready. Yeah, he's almost always um, released um, released things. Uh, like he doesn't do a lot of like announcements of announcements kind of thing. Like he usually has things created and then kind of shows up and says, "Hey, vote for this." Right? Like, like the Washington National thing is a good example. Like they already organized that shit in the background, and um, then you know they kind of put it up for I think a governance vote or something, and obviously it passed. But I think they, he already knew in the background that it would be likely to pass, and they already kind of made arrangements even before. So I think it's the same idea. Like he he does do that quite frequently. Yep. Especially now, because um, I think more than ever, he wants to over-deliver and under-promise. Like, everything this time is going to be action, especially with all the criticism. Like, you know, he spoke too much. He was arrogant. He was whatever. Now it's all about, like, building in the dark, building in the cold, um, making great things on your own in, in private, and then just rolling them out when they're fully done. I think that's the that's the new attitude. Just build, 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 deliver. Yeah, I mean, and like I always go back to the some of my favorite investments of all time. Like, like you know, Apple's the perfect example. Steve Jobs is one arrogant motherfucker, right? He wasn't a particularly nice guy, but here I am talking on his phone, and he's dead, and you know, like you know, and it's still one of the most or the most valuable company in the world, and um, that's how it goes. Like, I don't think I care necessarily about this flying close to the sun or shit posting or arrogance or whatever the fuck. Um, you have to be arrogant to sort of make bold moves and like you have to be willing to fail. Mm. Anytime someone says, well, like he's a scammer, then I call, I'm like, well, what are you, some kind of fucking communist? Like you wanted the Wright brothers to sit on their ass and not fly the airplane. Did you want like the first airlines in the world to like not build airplanes and put passengers on them? Like what, what were you thinking? Right. Like to me, it's like like the last hundred years has all been about risk taking, like unless you're just like a child or something and stupid, you realize that like all of the biggest achievements were all very high risk and mm -hmm. very high reward. All of them, like all of the big things were. The only, right. um, the only difference really with, with how things have progressed is that you, with crypto, you're often allowed to participate much earlier. Like if you see a groundbreaking technology, um, something like UST, algorithmic stable coins, this, this idea of decentralized money, you're allowed to participate very, very early. Like when the thing is, is first um, in its origin phases, you're allowed to invest at a fraction of a cent or whatever. Um, that, that's maybe the only difference between conventional um, invention in the past, you know, with, you know, firing rockets into space and, and crypto. It's just the, the way that a lot more people are allowed to be involved much earlier. But you also yeah. get all of the upside for that, right? Like it's, it's a fair trade-off. And when the first, yeah, when the first uh, like nuclear reactions were set off, Bruce, I don't know if you know this, but like there was some concern that like, like there would be an uncontrolled chain reaction of some kind and that we would just basically melt the planet's atmosphere away. And then there was also concern when like they started doing some of the CERN atom smashing that, you know, we would like spin off micro black holes and cause some sort of calamity that we were not aware of. So like these these kind of financial uh types of experiments are not even close to risky compared to what um human race has been through the last hundred years so i don't know that like these things just don't bother me that much i'm like um you yeah. know but at the same time it's like you just you have to make sure you take whatever risk that you can as you in your personal whatever portfolio or whatever but like um yeah i prefer if he goes like 
guns blazing with takes the absolute most aggressive risk possible, differentiate, you know, Terra uh, somehow again in the crypto space, because the number one criticism actually of um, Luna or Luna Classic or any many of the blockchains out there right now is that they don't really do anything special. So um, like figuring out how to bring um, uniqueness or something to each of these things is super important. Like, you know, what, what is the story you're going to tell and uh, why are people going to come and use this blockchain versus a thousand other ones? Mm. Do you, did you read those original set of messages in, um, I think he wrote them in June or something. Somebody asked him what the new Luna would be about and he wrote a load of messages. Do you remember reading that, Sefi? I can read them out now. Mm. Wait, um, uh, I don't know. I think he had some ideas about uh, like how to connect maybe labor with financial resources as well. Remember, there was some discussion mm. about that. Um, but that was before the crash happened. He was kind of working on these projects. And then, of course, there was that LFG thing that you know was trying to be implemented. Um, I don't know, like uh, anything in particular that you're referring to? Yeah, let me um, let me find it. So this was back in early June or something. I think somebody asked him what the plan for the new Luna was. Um, he says, the, the end vision for UST was blockchains to have their own sovereign monies that are decentralized. That makes sense. That was the vision, you know, financial sovereignty. By sovereign, I mean the algorithm should be able to set its own monetary policy without being enslaved to a peg of another currency. So you could see the dollar peg as like a means to an end or something more. Uh, da, da, da. So the, yeah, the, my sense was my sense was eventually Cosmos would be big enough where it'd be like a country to itself. Like imagine like, a, I don't know, uh, like, yeah, like, you know, like the European Union or something like that. The Cosmos would just have a a a relatively stable coin, but not pegged to any external um, reserve. And you just connect it with like Forexes so that like uh, many you could convert it to any uh, currency in the world. But um, you like that was kind of the vertex protocol idea. Yeah. And then, um, you know, but like you wouldn't necessarily need a dollar peg stable coin. It would be a quasi stable coin that existed within the cosmos itself. And like um, the problem is to do that, you have to have a really, really large scale. So like, let's say, you know, you get to the cosmos being like a trillion dollar space. Then you can start looking at this idea that things become a bit more stable over time, similar to how like. Bitcoin is becoming more stable over time as it gets to larger and larger market caps. Um, it's more stable now than it was, for example, 10 years ago. Um, although for most people, it's still still too, quote unquote, unstable. But even like gold, for example, was like, I don't know, it floats between like $1,200 and $2,000. It's not that stable. So um, uh, I, yeah, so I think uh, this concept of stability um, is what people want, but I feel like, yeah, Cosmos native uh, non-pegged stables make a lot of sense to me Yeah, uh, long-term. Let me carry on reading. So um, he, he saw the, the dollar peg as a means to an end, basically because uh, no, no economy is wi really willing to adopt something as a medium of exchange or a store of value before it has that, that like sufficient notoriety um, as the dollar does. Uh, so 
Then he says, you know, maybe free float later once the, the economy develops. But unfortunately, in this case, UST lost its peg before you could move to phase two, which is the, um, the, the losing of the dollar peg for, for something more independent. Um, he says it was very early in the journey. A small economy had formed. We were just beginning exports. It wasn't mature enough to become sovereign. Um, and this time, he says what he would do, and this is back in June, remember, what he would do is spend all energies on building a robust economy. And then when the economy is large enough, it should not be hard for the community to align on a money that serves that economy. Um, so somebody yeah. else here, like that's that's true of sovereign nations too. Actually, like you think of uh, any country that has issues with like overall net imports as opposed to exports, they have a hard like island nations is a great example. They have a much much harder time maintaining a currency that doesn't, uh, you know you know, inflate into oblivion because like, you know, the monetary policy and the quality of the money is almost entirely based on the underlying economy and the resources in that space, in that economy, like uh, oil, natural gas, electricity, whatever, right? Uh, labor, as opposed to sort of like just a monetary policy fixing things. This is why I was saying earlier, like with Luna Classic or something, when people get bro embroiled in this idea that like, oh, look, a burn mechanism or this or that fuck, that's all just memification and fun, but like really to have your currency do well long term, you have to have lots of economic activity, and I think that's what Doe's describing there. Yep. So he um, he wants to build the economy first, and then the currency afterwards. He says the opportunity now is to design an ecosystem where the base uh, use cases are productive rather than speculative. So rather than um, all of this speculation and leverage in the system, whatever else, uh, pr produce actual productive use cases. Um, and, and that these issues are in many ways surfaced with every crypto bear market is that it's a capital market only. We've built a replacement for Wall Street, but not for Main Street. He says uh, DeFi should allocate capital to productive use cases that further the human experience. Yet we only have ways to take out more leverage. And this powers most use cases in DeFi, you know, the constant leverage, the constant yield farming, everything else. The opportunity is to have engines for web native productivity that speak a common language such that they become programmable. The war cry we put out when Terra first started to take off is that we would do the hard work of looking outwards and then it, uh, sorry, looking outwards then inwards. In our success, we forgot our vision and our roots. We're going to go back and focus on what this means. Um, and then he does like a retrospective. Towards the end, I was spending way too much time on speaking and rote motions like podcasts and investment meetings and everything else, things I'm not even good at and have no interest in. Uh, after Anchor, we, we basically spent no bandwidth on shipping cool stuff. The best work was done before all of the media phase when the calendars were empty. The economy was expected to build itself, and time was being spent on the narrative alone. And uh, the opposite is now what we'll spend time on. But uh, he says, like, to, to think about it from first principle, the base layer goods produced in meat space in the real human realm is consumer goods, its services, its commodities. He says that Wall Street speculation serves the function to make sure that resources are allocated to the goods and services that are most in demand. The base layer goods produced on the web is content, code, and data. Yet Web3 speculation does not serve the function 
directly to make sure more of these are being created. To do this, you need DAOs that facilitate, that create code, uh, data, and content to scale. This is also things like the, the ease of producing a blockchain. And to do this, you need them to speak a common language like the ERC-20 standard. They need common interfaces for cash flow, processes for genesis, shutdown, and decision-making. And labor wait, Bruce, but wait, is this all Do Kwan saying this? I thought he was just a complete asshole. It's all Do Kwan. And it, it's, but I, these we, don't sound like the words of a scammer to me, though. Yeah, it's, it's, mm. it's shocking and surprising. He says that labor markets should be common and on-chain such that labor markets can be aggregated and exposed to DeFi to facilitate credit, etc. So yeah, he's, um, he's, he's looking at creating productive use cases around code, content, and data, making it easy, um, creating labor markets, um, moving from more, more of the speculative nature of DeFi right now to, to much more productive use cases. And we see, see the start of that in some of these proposals. Yeah, you know, an interesting um, thing that, um, that I think dovetails with this is that, remember, I've talked about kind of the power of thought and, you know, kind of machine learning and uh, AI cycles, in a sense, and how people are going to pay for those kinds of services uh, in the future. So, for example, let's say you want to be in a VR space and you want your little, uh, I know, Bruce, you like your like, like uh, blow up girlfriends and like dolls, right? So if you want your AI like girlfriend in your, your virtual space, you need to pay this prostitute that you have, right? It makes the most sense to pay this uh, creature, I'll, I'll call her, since I, I'm not sure. Anyway. It, it constitutes a woman. But uh, when you want to engage with this um, theoretical female, you uh, will be able to pay for it with, you know, crypto, which makes a much, much it makes much more sense as having like a f currency of the Internet to use a product of computing and the Internet. So I think that, yeah, these AI machine learning kind of things really go hand in hand. And uh, PS Labs, which is like a NFT platform that does interesting things. Um, they were on Terra. They also have some stuff on Stargaze. Now, what they did is they create like an NFT and you buy this thing and it gives you access to their, um, I, I don't know what it is, like AI subscription or whatever it is. And you can produce little pieces of art using their uh, system. And they have like almost a subscription model. So this is an example of how like crypto can be used to um, like pay for internet native goods and services. What disappointed me was, remember, like, UST seemed like a really, really high, you know, product market fit and was an interesting, like, internet native product and was super, super popular, obviously. Um, and, you know, people used it, like, people really wanted to use it, which is why it got to the size that it did. But um, I think there's other internet native products and labors um, like, for example, how do you pay developers to maintain your blockchain and things like that, right? So all the things that people are debating, um, you know, in terms of uh, DAOs and everything else, like paying employees and paying labor on the internet uh, and creating ways to do that is a very, very important thing. And that's Sefi, one of the could projects. Could you just repeat sort of the name on. again of that uh, AI-related NFT project? I didn't catch that. Uh, P PS Labs, um, they're on Stargaze. Um, okay, thanks. Yeah, you, you can check and see what they're doing. But yeah, basically, they're connecting, like, you know, some of these 
you know, I don't know what they used, diffu open diffusion or something like that, but they connected it to some of their own sort of proprietary shit. And you can like, you know, use the NFT as sort of a membership to, you know, have access or something like that to minting or whatever. So yeah, these different models are tying together some of the new internet services. Um, like DVPN is another interesting one, for example, where uh, it's a Cosmos chain and it's a VPN provider and DVPN is the token and you can pay for your VPN services using the token. Um, that's just one, like an example. So there's like a lot of these utility specific, computational specific tokens out there like Render, RNDR, which is for like paying for rendering resources online. And you can connect like uh, rendering software to it and truly um, have like decentralized um, rendering done for you if you're like a if you're Disney or if you are, you know, some animation house or like individual or something. So you don't have to own those graphics cards. So that's just another example. So like computational work being tied to crypto and then human labor and work being tied to crypto um, is really a like an obvious next step. And, and it's one of the areas that Doe was kind of working on. I don't know, uh, Bruce, did you hear about any of those kinds of angles um, being pursued like right now, as far as like the things they're releasing? Or are they working on these other things first, the Feather and all that? No comment. <laughs> so maybe, that's a maybe. All right. Or actually it probably just means yes. So <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, Tan, did you have any other comments about today's news or did you read it? Oh, well, a lot of things going on today, but nothing in specific. But what you just mentioned there is actually kind of interesting. You know, if you can tie some real, I'm always thinking about, let's say, the old photocopy machines, you know, they had these photocopy fees that were tied to the how many pages you were photocopying, right? And I mean, it's just a, a real use case for blockchain. If you have some machine out there and you want, like a coffee machine, you know, just put out a a coffee machine blockchain, you know, <laughs> it's, it's going to work, you know, I mean. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, Internet of Things is another, yeah, another use case for crypto. Um, like, I know some projects actually looked at that, like IOTA and stuff, or like uh, supply chain management. Um, I think uh, what's VeChain or whatever worked on that the the trick in crypto has been not necessarily creating the tech but um uh, it's bootstrapping so i think this was doe or somebody that said this or maybe jose i think bruce said this at one point um and i kind of remembered this like bootstrapping um liquidity is actually not nearly as difficult as bootstrapping adoption and that's the tough part so even if you create some cool shit right there's nothing guaranteeing the world's going to decide to use that for whatever they're using it for. Um, there is a significant amount of friction between like you creating something interesting and I don't know, some major real world company using that technology and implementing it. Cause it takes like, um, like it takes years to implement even some of the most common, like, you know, accounting packages and other things especially when it comes to like major governments or corporations things like that making a change to their software infrastructure is really um uh, a big deal and uh, what oftentimes happen is is that people want to be able to connect the new technologies to their old shit 
like and want it to be backward compatible because just because you create some blockchain thing doesn't automatically mean that um, some company wants to like create a whole new software to run only on your your project or chain so yeah the the bootstrapping of adoption is really the the hard part um and yeah, that's why like day, it should solve something yeah. right i mean there's a it, there's, it should be a solution to a problem right so that's right. that's always i think what people are missing is like their use cases but there must be a solution to a problem it's the principle of every business that it solves some kind of problem for the consumer of that i would say for the client of that business right yeah and in retrospect you know you can make all sorts of like negative claims about like anchor protocol on Terra, which is you know the the um you know the lending and borrowing protocol for luna the and like the, the the ust yield being super high you can make arguments against that but actually um a savings vehicle is one of the most common uses of traditional finance and bootstrapping adoption um like that was part of the reason why the interest rate was high on anchor is just to be very very competitive and burn uh, like community funds in the form of interest payments in order to uh, in order to um, bootstrap adoption and that was the idea at the time it worked too well and too many people got into it i suppose and uh, that created certain problems because there was no capital controls that's a different issue entirely uh, people should have had to have held their ust on anchor for a period of time in order to achieve the higher yields. But like, I don't know, because of composability and this, that, and the other thing, the anchor team did not go that route. But um, anyway, in retrospect, yeah, there's a lot of the things that mistakes that got made on, you know, creating stable coins and some other things, um, bridges and other problems that happened in the blockchain space that like many blockchains had to learn from. Like it wasn't just Terra that got wrecked. Harmony One got completely annihilated when it came to like the bridge hack stuff so um quite a lot of um, uh chains gotten to a lot of different troubles for different reasons so i think you know going into 2023 the crypto space has learned a lot from the wreckage they've learned a lot from like what happened with three arrows capital they've learned a lot with what happened to voyager celsius like you know there's a whole like list of fuck ups uh quite frankly like that uh, people learn from. And uh, I don't know if you guys, you noticed, Bruce, today, uh, Fidelity.com actually announced that they're going to have crypto um, trading available uh, with no fees. So, like, basically, Coinbase is fucked. Like, who the hell is going to want to use Coinbase when you have a zero fee? Coinbase is expensive, actually. So if Coinbase's stock price hadn't been hit up until now, I think <laughs> Fidelity is going to be like they have money to burn. Like they have, I don't know how many trillions of dollars of uh, assets they have. So they can give away stuff for free, like for a very long time and not have to suffer, right? So a lot, lot is happening today <laughs> or, or this week. Well, it's not going to be free, right? I mean, they just give you a little bit of a worse a spread than the rest of the market and normally- No, not with Fidelity. I don't know if you've used them before, but their spreads no. are fantastic for stocks and they're free. And they've been free for the past, like, I don't know, 20 years. Like, they've been free, I think about, no, about 15 years since I've used them on stocks. And their spreads are very good. So, I don't know. Like, they're so huge, right? They can survive on very small spreads. So, it's it's a major deal for the crypto industry for Fidelity to show up. Um, especially because you can then maybe move, like, assets from your, um, like, cash account, like a, like a stock account or something like that. And easy buy crypto in the same place, which is 
like something that you can't do like on a Coinbase so, so Gemini or whatever? It, it'll basically pop up on the on the same page where you literally buy your um, whatever stocks and what you're used to, right? There's just another button for BTC. They're probably, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the interface is going to look like yet, but like because Fidelity that's what makes, you need, right? I mean, it's yeah, just like, like it, it buys and sells like a stock. If, if there's no difference, it's going to be adopted very fast. You know? Yeah, I mean, Fidelity has so much uh, like money in their system, and they have so many people invested with them, and they have never fucked up in their history, which is impressive. They've never had like hacks and uh, whatever the fuck. Like they're really, really trustworthy, relatively speaking. And they make, they're massive compared to like just the entirety of the crypto market. Like there's not even a comparison. So them getting involved is like, I guess, bullish now that we're in this kind of stock bear market. It's really good to have uh, them bringing liquidity into like Bitcoin or whatever. The and the bond bear market. Don't forget that. Uh, the What's bonds that? Are, the bonds are also really screwed at the moment. Uh, yeah. Not, so like, it's not, it's not just stocks. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, Which like so better, I think yeah. crypto's looking attractive at this level to me. I don't know. Like I think yeah. uh uh because like so many other things are just shit right now. So we'll yeah, see. This the scarcity idea, it makes sense, you know. I mean, even if they even if it's just Bitcoin that pumps right now, but it helps the entire space, right? I mean, if, if Bitcoin starts to ramp up, everything's gonna it's gonna blossom, right? Yeah, everything goes up because you could then like Bitcoin whales can like borrow off their Bitcoin and then, you know, play games yeah. the rest of the market. That's part of it. <laughs> so, well, usually when BTC goes up, uh, alts tend to follow because um, like people will leverage their Bitcoin and then they'll go buy a bunch of sh like small caps and then pump the shit out of them. Right. Because it doesn't take very much to pump. Small yeah, well, it, it, there's nothing bad about it. I mean, it happens all the time in the stock market. Look at all these yeah. specs that they're rolling out when of course. things are working out well, right? I mean, yeah. When people are rich, they don't mind like, you know, blowing their money on who knows what and higher risk things. Yep. Yeah, throwing money at the wall and hoping it sticks, right? Yeah, when people are poor, like they don't want to spend money on anything. So the whole market crashes together. But anyway, yeah, so a lot, lot happening today. I think uh, the Terra news is pretty cool. Uh, look forward to it. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see like, okay, as the vesting period happens, like, so the token vesting for airdrop holders, um, uh, some people are having their um, coins released the next few months, which does represent some sell pressure. I suspect some fraction of Luna users have totally forgotten about their wallets. I don't know what the wallet data looks like these days, but like there's a lot of people that, you know, they might not sell because they're not even paying attention. Only like really big Luna holders, I think, would be paying attention, um, you know, and like worried about the possibility of selling and stuff. But having this announcement now, while the market's like uh, fairly flat for about six months and um, announcement like to coincide with the vesting unlocks is good because there's something to sort of like create some gin up some excitement and maybe uh, people will consider not selling their um, you know tokens that are unvesting. I have mine staked. I don't really pay attention to them, honestly. I think uh, anything like really big for Terra, I think you would expect it to happen over about a two-year time frame, which is not a bad time frame because usually if so, if Bitcoin happening is around 2024, then um, typically the bull market type really, the bull market really gets accelerated about a year after that, after happening. So you're really talking about like 
oh, I don't know, like early to late, early to mid 2025, something like that, you would expect those, um, the hash rate rewards, like having to have a significant impact um, at that point on price. Um, so I don't know, we'll see. <laughs> There's some argument that Russians may actually be um, like mining Bitcoin using their like spare energy that they have because they have a lot of extras like off-gassing natural gas and who knows what. And um, if they're not able to sell their fuel to um, like outside countries because of sanctions or whatever the fuck, then they can just mine Bitcoin instead. And that might end up causing sell pressure on Bitcoin and lower the like maybe dilute the market even more and make it even harder for American companies who pay much higher electricity costs to survive. Um, that was sort of like a argument made by Nick Carter. I don't know if that's going to end up playing out or not, but we'll see. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, Bruce, uh, any other thoughts on Doquan? Do you want to uh, make, build a small temple in his name now? Or like, what do you think Lunk Dao is going to do? Um, I like think... maybe a guided meditation with Doe, perhaps. You mean with him present, or like? Uh... Yeah, of course. Maybe you can have him like, recite a mantra or something. When uh, just before the crash, I, I did a silly guided meditation. The, the guided meditation was, um, it was like giving. It was like a guided meditation to give the final sacrifice to offer your whole life to Do Kwon. <laughs> really silly and, and it was guided meditation where it's like you've given the time you've given your money to invest in his products um you've given your emotional energy and your identity to involve yourself in the community the one thing you haven't given is your body and then it was like this weird visualization where you imagine yourself being fed to doquan like him swallowing you and it was like a guided, <laughs> guided imagery visualization of traveling down his esophagus and like what you see and your friends who are already in his stomach. <laughs> and then, but then USD crashed and it all went to shit. And I was like, hang on a minute. Did I just create that? Like with some kind of weird esoteric magic? Um, but yeah, like it was... Uh, You're I saying think... you, material, you materialize the crash by fudding Luna. It's your fault. Yeah, well, I, the, the whole theme of the meditation was that we're all going to sacrifice ourselves for him and uh, be eaten by him. And I guess that happened on some level. Uh, <laughs> you could argue if you don't have the, the right knowledge base. Mm, you think he would up, be up for a guided meditation specifically, though? I think No, I don't know. I don't know. I'm curious. But yeah, like, like I also did um, guided meditations for forgiveness in the past. Like I did uh, guided meditation to forgive Xerox Sifu, the, the treasury manager. Um, I did loads of them. Yeah, I, I could definitely get people involved with that. Like, there's a lot of emotions and a lot of them aren't very logical and people need to come to a place of, of uh, forgiveness and non-judgment and all of the qualities of a uh, bodhisattva um, and to follow the 10 precepts much more. So yeah, I'll, I'll work on it. I don't know if he's going to have to be here when I do it. <laughs> be a bit silly. Imagine if I got him in a space and we were like, yeah, by the way, we're doing a 30 minute guided meditation to start with. Would you mind just participating? <laughs> Yeah, while we wait for the audience to arrive, right? Um, there'll probably be thousands of people in here by then. You know, but like 30 minutes of guided meditation. And then we have like Do Kwan on and, uh, you know, then get into the details of like blockchains and whatever the fuck. Um, <laughs> it would be impressive. Yeah. I think it would be a first for sure. 
you know, you get I've nice, always wanted to. Yeah, a community. Get nice replay value on uh, YouTube or whatever. Yeah, and I think crypto communities need to to have more like lifestyle value as well. I've I've thought before about like if I if I start my own chain, I'm gonna have a manifesto. Not like one of those horrible serial killer manifestos, but like something positive and good. Um, you know, like like to have uh, you know, if you if you're an investor in this chain, when you wake up every morning, you have to do a certain prayer and you have to do X amount of exercise and you have to do all these things. And if our remote sensing apparatus does not detect these things, your coins are gonna be automatically liquidated. Like it would be very good to to ensure Yeah, yeah it's called pay to earn. Yeah. Yeah, like you're saying, it's almost like um, so you have to do certain tasks and have them recorded, uh, like almost like a dead man switch or something. And if you don't yep. do these things, then uh, like you have a penalty. And if you do them, like maybe, uh, and yeah, and you get the benefit of other people don't do it. So the pool of money or something, uh, exactly. that that'd be kind of cool. Like yeah, you're like you're getting a bigger part of the yield because you know you're you've been a good boy or something. You've done your uh, whatever exactly task yeah, thing. staking yeah. rewards get slashed if you don't pay it would be, every morning it would be like a gym as you know like gym membership everyone signs up in january and uh, how many people go like what 20 percent or less you probably know Sophie, if you run gym yeah less it's probably like yeah like 15 percent of people or something like that but then imagine like the contrast between the the overall commitment and the willingness to give money versus uh who actually goes the ones who do things could get like a 10x. It would be quite interesting, I think. Um, people have tried different things as well. Like they've, they've tried to create, um, I, I know there are those things for running and stuff like that, but they've tried also to create things for meditation. Like if you meditate um, and you put on some kind of headgear that detects your brainwaves in the attempt to meditate, then you get a, a payout in tokens. But like most of them haven't worked very well. I think you really need some kind of, uh, some kind of cranial implant thing like a Neuralink or something to really see what's going on inside there. Yeah, because a lot of those things have too many ways to sort of fake it and whatever, right? Yep. So, but, you, you, like, there's that. And then a lot of them are, like, stupid inflationary models, too, where it just prints tokens. Yep. So the thing is, like, you're you're not really getting anything. It's just, like, the, the you're getting paid in the token that's inflating. And then, like, you know, no matter how much you jog or whatever, the coin price keeps going down. Yeah, I think it must, like, the... The payout must come from the lazy people, from the procrastinators, from the people who aren't willing to do the work or go to the gym. Like it must be a pure transfer from those people. And then there's an interesting uh, kind of game uh, mechanism where you're incentivized to discourage everyone else. You're like, hey, just just don't exercise, don't meditate. It's not worth it. <laughs> it's, it's all a waste of time. You'd have to, you know what I mean? You'd be like, a, if you want to be a perfect selfish agent, You'd be dissuading everyone else from doing anything and uh, secretly doing it yourself. Be quite interesting. Yeah, you're. Uh, uh, do you plan to uh, invest in the MonkDAO blockchain at some point in the future? No, I want to build it. I don't have that much, that much money to invest. Um, we we're talking about um, you know AIs and optimizations and stuff a few days ago. I mentioned like having uh, guilds or sort of sects kind of in the Eastern martial arts sect point of view. Um, yeah, just these sort of systems that reward you for like improving yourself. I think that's uh, going to be pretty big because you get the actual improvement of yourself and you get the appreciation of your assets. 
um, which is can compound, I guess. Um, and uh, regarding the meditation stuff, uh, if you feed all that data into like those open compute things you were talking about, <clears throat> like Google's, um, you know, just shove data into it to do machine learning, you could just throw like all this random meditation data and um, other sorts of well-being indica indicators, how good people feel. <clears throat> and um, yeah, then you could just uh, train a network to kind of um, shepherd people's behavior towards well-being. Hey, uh, Bruce, can you share that video by that character? What was his name? Spectrum or something or uh, something Prism? How do you not know his name? He's been a long-term member of the, the Lunk community seeking justice and freedom and uh, sovereignty from any kind of corruption. Yeah, there's this guy. Uh, I was, yeah, uh, Bruce shared his video earlier. He's on YouTube. And um, No, I you guess, shared it. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, I shared it. Um, so this guy on YouTube, this Prism character, he was saying that Bruce and the Lunkdow were, um, you, you had like cronies and um, you were trying to, what, centralize <laughs> like Luna Classic or something. The whole thing was very funny. I thought it was, uh, and they says like what he's, he was offered a position at the CIA and then like he refused because those guys are like, I don't know, like, technology hoarding bastards or something like what was that all about like has he lost his mind maybe he's off his pills or something like what's going on with him i'm trying to find it did you delete it i can't remember he's like a he's like a freedom fighter um hold on let me see if i can find it uh one second i think people will be entertained by this <laughs> it's pretty cool um one minute it's like a little youtube link yeah unfortunately when i did it i did the youtube link wrong so it showed up as like uh it just showed the link it didn't show like the youtube picture or whatever you know what i mean mm, ah here it is okay uh yeah so be sure everyone kind of watch this later <laughs> maybe make some comments it's very funny um and i like he's on this like war path against lunkdow for some reason like maybe you and and then he was he it said terror rebels fired i was like i didn't know they were hired in the first place like what is what is he talking about so i don't know the the internet is full of such interesting people like stalkers and people off their meds and everything very fascinating okay yeah there it's at the top now so yeah be sure to bookmark that for later if you're not like it's super funny um it's almost like he's lost his mind I'm not sure why he has an entire youtube channel dedicated to this now it's like the anti Dow channel. It's it's got to be. You, you're probably very impressed with yourself, though, like <laughs> for having created this person. Yeah, I, I think I see all these things like works of art. Um, interesting, kind of. You create something, and then your your creation expands far beyond you. It's like these interesting fractal. Um, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a part of the the thing you've painted that just happens naturally. It's like it's 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 kind of sewing into the environment and expanding out, um, and nothing can stop it. And it's like it becomes surprising. It's it's like what you create yourself is surprising, but but what other people do is even more surprising, and that's kind of beautiful. And the parrots. 
I've got someone with like a lawn mowing equipment or something near my house making it quite a racket. <laughs> so that's okay. Can't really hear it. Anyway, so uh, all right. So what's next uh, today? Um, yeah, does anybody have anything to uh, like for me to go buy that's going to pump or something? <laughs> I'm just waiting for uh, like we don't get enough people on here that just tell you what to buy. Like I want some financial advice. Like what's wrong with people? Like they don't give you anything of any use around here anymore. I'm not sure why. Yeah, I, I, I want. I'll give you more some financial advice. I will say that if you, I would. I will say that the Luna, as in Luna Two, is probably the most interesting thing to buy right now. In in I think all of crypto, um, just just the the interesting upside potential, the amount of fud relative to the truth of it, um, the way the old community is still in support and how there's so much misinformation um just the i don't know just the the combination of it all makes it incredibly interesting and i think you'd have to be uh, a complete idiot not to have some yeah uh, muhammad zahir um you have a long name uh dr muhammad zahir awan yeah go ahead man yeah thank you Savish, for like uh, pronouncing my name and full name so yeah, my question is to uh, like happy is there too. So like in in his last video, he said like uh, as we reduce the tax burn tax, the volume is still down, man. It's not going up. So like now we we did this, and there is we we can't like see any kind of raise in volume. What is the reason behind that? And one more question is that. When is the bottom for the crypto market, man? Anybody can tell me that. Thank you. Heavy, uh, you're very quiet. Very quiet. Enough, just... You got like the wrong. Yeah, I think you're speaking through the wrong microphone or something. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I... your, maybe your mic is covered or something. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, it sounds like you got microphone in your pocket or something. Oh yeah, it might be. I. I... The thing is with proposals, it's so easy to write a plan out, isn't it? And expect it all to go accordingly to how it was laid out. But I think there's a real underlying issue here. And and Lunkdow um, and see if I can uh, vouch for this best is that if we get IBCs back and correct those, that is a huge door that reopens. And, and then we can look to some kind of USTC savior. And everybody loves a comeback story. So... You know, it's obvious now that tweaking the tax isn't going to be the key. And I, I, I kind of explained this previously before the, the change happened, that it wouldn't actually fix anything for the smart contract level of things either, because there's still the underlying issue that they get double taxed if they're not rewritten correctly and stuff like that. So, like I said, Mohammed, I would also encourage you to just look at the chart of any coin in the history of crypto that is pumped. And what you'll notice is, is volume comes in all at one time. The price goes up a lot all at one time. So there's either like a viral or meme effect or something. You have this big jump. Yeah, and yeah. then what usually happens is the price dumps and volume starts to trail off. And it will continue to do so typically regardless of tokenomics or whatever. Like it doesn't matter what the burn is, what it isn't. So I think which don't confuse this idea that like, well, you know, if we had not put the burn, like you wouldn't necessarily have had the drop in volume, like the drop in volume probably would have happened any either way. And on top of that, um, the 
uh, just because you changed from like, you know, one burn rate to another, you're not going to suddenly see a massive jump in volume either. Like there was a declining volume uh, after a massive pump, no matter what happened to like tokenomics. You have to realize that like probably 95% of people that are probably like speculating on Binance, they don't have a clue what's going on with tokenomics, governance or anything else. They couldn't even care less. These are just people that came in, they bought a bunch, you know, speculated and if price goes up and then it, the volume goes down, price goes down, eventually it'll flatten out. And then, you know, there'll be some new meme that you have to create and bring a lot of people in and stuff like that. So the key is to bring in like each of these waves, you want to bring in like some maybe new features or, you know, new excitement for whatever reason and uh, create a story that people are willing to, uh, you know, bring new money into the system from. But um yeah, like there's there's a general tendency for all cryptos to do this. I wouldn't over overthink it from the perspective of connecting the tokenomics to any of this. Like it's just normal. Like I like there's nothing particular. If I had if I didn't know anything about the tokenomics changes and all I saw was the chart, I would just say that's just a normal crypto chart. It's just it's just standard. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So no, my my point is that like as as we reduce the like burn tax, so we we were expecting that uh, the volume goes up, right? And yes, but not 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 anything immediate. Yeah. Meaning that if you didn't do this, the volume would be even worse. Yeah, like, it, it didn't. It, like you're not going to get a sudden burst burst of my, volume just. Yeah, my my attack, point right? is that maybe we were like too bit early, like for that, you know. So we have to switch that fast. So, I oh, know. I see what you're saying. So you're saying like maybe the burn meme would have been better to keep it. Yeah, uh, for that's at least possible. That's four, possible. Four, six months, maybe or like something like that, and then we have to change that thing, man. Maybe. Yeah, I think the concern was Muhammad. Like, if you keep the burn tax that high, it makes it hard to implement any kind of DApps that might want to come to the chain, because who in the world is going to like want to spend like one plus percent? tax on every transaction if they just want to do trading or something like that right so i think the problem is is that it you would you would uh, you would prevent developers from showing up if you have weird tokenomics or something like that so remember most of the the like smart like binance smart chain burn tokens like safe moon and this and that they don't have any like dApps running on those chains in fact they're not even their own chains they're just basically shit coins with a, a burn mechanism mechanism and most of them were not that successful in the bear market either and largely just kind of like dipped into oblivion so burn mechanisms are largely just meme effect and that's well known from like um now luna luna's original burn mechanism was very different it was tied to ust minting and that had a whole nother sort of idea behind it so but most burn mechanism tokens are sort of for the meme and i think the 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 purpose of the burn mechanism, like in all that, was to get that massive Luna Classic pump that we did, right? Like that was the whole point. That was Lunkdao's, like like Lunkdao had the fire icon long before the burn was implemented, right, Bruce? Like that was kind of the whole idea, is to promote this thing and create a meme effect and bring a lot of people in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I dreamed it up in like basically almost the day of the crash um, when we started to talk about forks and stuff. Um, I realized that it was a weird situation because we lost all of the old investors. They all had their money vaporized, but at the same time, we still had a chain. So you needed to attract new people to that chain to capitalize on the existing value. Um, it was necessary to 
to, to fork the chain or whatever you call it, um, to give the, the old investors who are wrecked a place to live and rebuild themselves. But there's still tremendous value in the old chain, like the, you know, still a set of validators, still all the apps, still however many million wallet installs, um, still the Oracle rewards pool and everything else. Like you had to attract people to that. And you need to hypnotize, brainwash, um, capture their attention somehow. And the way you do that is, is some kind of narrative. Um, and in that case, it seemed to be a burn narrative. That was the, the, the best way to, to generate a community. And then when you have a, a community, when you have all of that energy and attention and wide investment, then you can hopefully transmute it into something more. And right now, we're at one of those critical points where we have all of the intelligence, all of the brain power, all of the creativity, um, and the wide investment through a, a big group of people. And the challenge is to, to organize that and keep them and structure it and create a kind of um, a, a way to lead the chain and establish a vision that we can all agree on. Um, and it's like one of those crucial points, because if we don't do that, then it kind of falls apart. It goes back to the abyss. Um, and if we do, then you have a better future. I think the, the best way forward for Lunk is in the short term to ensure we keep the, the core contributors. How have we do that? That means people like Ed Kim and Zaradar, and I think it was others previously like Marventus, but I think they've quit now. Um, keep those core contributors. Keep the guys who can work on the chain and upgrade it. Um, and then what I would do is push for parity with Luna, and I would take advantage. Probably the, the correct term is like piggybacking or hijacking all of the work and the building that's happening on Luna. That means the the hundreds of millions of dollars of um, investment in building. It means the genius teams. It means everything that Do Kwan and TFL are rolling out. Hijack it all. <laughs> like Take it for free because there's a massive incentive there, right? So if 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 Lunk is is comparable and if it's easy to deploy stuff on Lunk, that means that the same apps can be launched there, or at least um, a significant degree of them can be cloned and launched. And that gives something for the the Lunk community to be excited about. Um, it gives them a focus and narrative. Uh, I like this theme of the the twin moons in the sky, where the sum, the whole, is greater than the parts. I think that's quite a beautiful vision. I also think that the two communities are very different energies. You know, one is more like the enthusiastic meme coin um, crowd. The other one is is highly nerdy, like the old Luna community and the the current what is now Luna is is a highly nerdy community. They are the the builders, the the tech dweebs, the geeks. Um, they are not the same as the Lunk community. So if you can if you can work out a way to combine these two energies and help them help each other. Um, and and create incentives where, for instance, if a builder on Luna also launches something on Lunk, in that case, he can do it easily and he can do it almost for free, no time or cost. It's the same chain fundamentally if it's parity. Um, but at the same time, he benefits from all of the volume on Lunk, uh, all of the the new user base, and also they get the benefit um, for Luna in return that, you know, there's a, a kind of a reputation issue, although a lot of that is unfounded. Like if if the the current lunar chain is seen to help Lunk and there's a flow of giving towards them, it's going to Can you still hear me? There's going to be um there's gonna be reciprocity and there's going to be energy flowing both directions. Um so I think it's in in my view, there's a there's a fascinating future where the the whole is greater than the parts where both chains work together. 
where we look in the sky and there are two moons and the 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 sum of both communities and the combined energy of them both is is much beyond each of them alone i think alone luna will struggle a little bit you know they're they're kind of being kicked down by this disaster they're struggling and i think lunk is also struggling a little bit it needs clearer leadership and it needs um more building and stuff like that so if you can combine these two things it's like there are two puzzle pieces and by putting them together you get a complete picture and i think that's quite beautiful not to mention the there's this kind of like uh there is this sort of this prophecy essentially of this cosmos narrative that like cross chain um interchain uh, communication is going to happen and it's going to happen at scale and you're going to have all these interesting like cross chain you know trading products and things like that right so like when you have two chains that are uh, on the same wallet like you can initiate all sorts of cool shit between the two chains it's never been done before in the history of crypto right so like there is like a tremendous amount of shit that can go down like and i don't even have to use my imagining for 15 minutes to, like like realize this now i'm not a builder so like putting all that together is not really my thing but i can foresee a lot of interesting interchain activity there and fully uh, utilizing the tools of the cosmos. Um, this could be like really, like I think what Doe is trying to do is like realize the full vision of like what the cosmos is capable of on Terra V2. And then I think between the two chains, you could do amazing things as far as, yeah, like cross-chain connectivity and liquidity flowing back and forth and people playing fun fucking games or something. Maybe there's like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe there's like teams like, well, the Lunk community versus the Luna community doing exactly. some sort of like games and shit between the two or something. I don't know. Crazy I think there's so many ideas and I think, I don't know. It's like there, there shouldn't be any antagonism at all on any level. Like in terms of the future of Lunk, you need to realize how much the gain there is by um, working with Luna and by benefiting from all of the building there. And you also need to realize most importantly that, that the people on Luna now the people who are building there, who are part of that community, who have the airdrops there, they are the ones who are wrecked. They are the ones who lost the most time, the most money. Um, they spent potentially years of their life building on that chain. They are the ones who are wrecked. The reason they are not on Lunk now is because they were entirely vaporized. Their net worths went from millions to zero. Um, I had my, my, my holdings in, in uh, Lunk, what is now Lunk, go from millions of dollars to about $1. You know, there, there was no hope to rebuild in Lunk alone. Everyone who was an investor prior and who held it through the crash and maybe was staked had their money go to almost zero, about $1 for me. Um, so even if Lunk does like a 10x or 100x, I said this in a space the other day, you know, if it does a 10x, I can buy a hot dog. If it does 100x, then I can buy like, you know, maybe a remote control car, like a, a really shitty remote control car. That's it. Like, that's the reason that um, Luna 2 exists is because there was no hope for repair on the Lunk blockchain. The Lunk blockchain now is full of new people. It doesn't mean that there's no value there because there obviously was. Um, th- there obviously still was with all of the wallets, all of the apps, all of the infrastructure, all of the validators, all of the potential for governance and stuff like that. But it was not at all the hope for the old community. The old community got vaporized. They got extinguished. They got exterminated by the crash. Um, so, so understand that, like fundamentally, that when you talk about Luna and maybe you're talking about like, um, you know, we shouldn't support those people. Da da. What you're talking about there is the people who were wrecked, the people who lost the most money, time, emotional investment, 
um, and in many cases lost like you know the the whatever life setup they had you know in many cases their entire net worths so to support that community is to support the people who are most heartbroken right it's like yeah. on a basic <laughs> human- the interesting thing is the negativity is funny because it's like almost like uh it w- so some of the people think well they're like you know, maybe they're freedom fighters or they're like, oh, we're in this community chain on Luna Classic or something like that. They make it sound like, well, it's us versus them. But actually, when you're on the Internet and you're talking like that, really, you just sound like a crypto newbie and just really honestly kind of retarded. <laughs> like, it just sounds kind of idiotic. Like, why are you like making fun of these people that have wrecked and got lost all their money? Really? It's actually you that sounds like the asshole at that point. Right. It doesn't it doesn't make you look like, oh, look, we're the the power rangers or some shit you just look like a dick basically yes. it's like yeah. an, it's an opportunistic really... narrative so there's no there's no validity to it at all in reality um if you're going to put your middle finger up to to luna that is the people who were heartbroken that is the people who suffered the most that is all of the people who held through the crash and uh, couldn't escape and lost millions of dollars and you know their their families and their kids and whoever else is suffering that that is them that that is the people who are affected the most. It's it's just like dumb and heartless. And to to co-opt that, to hijack it as some kind of narrative to pump your own bags, that is like the highest heartlessness. It's it's stupid. And it's and it's stupid even for your own bags. Because Luna and the building there represents so much potential to benefit Lunk with this this idea of the sum, the whole being greater than the parts. Like even if it was a good narrative on some level, it's it's stupid in the majority of it because there's much more to gain through corporation. Like I'm, I'm dead certain on that. And you're seeing it now. You're seeing the chaos of, of limited leadership and limited building and stuff like that. The, the best thing to do is to make it easy for ourselves. You know, often the easiest way is to, to choose something that is like simple. And this is simple. Reach parity. Work out ways of cooperating. Embrace the cosmos vision. Embrace the idea there is more to gain through cooperation and harmony with other chains, especially when it's, we're talking about a rec community. There's much more to gain through that um, and much more to gain through all of the building happening there. I, I think if, if that can be the vision, these, these twin moons where the whole is greater than the parts, like that is a beautiful thing and that will, that will help Lunk much more. And I think what I would like especially is just more understanding between the communities. Like, understand that these were the people who are wrecked you know they they are worse off than you in many many ways and they are hoping to rebuild um out of disaster and for um a set of people now in lunk who are quite hopeful and a set of people in lunu who are quite heartbroken to to work together and build something and and establish a kind of a a utopia with with two moons with two um tokens i think that that is like a a high vision a beautiful vision you could say that do Quan with the funding that's possibly coming in in the short you know uh hall of things that realistically he's kind of saying you know i'm not giving up on on you here's funding figure it out and you know don't give up on me but i totally agree with you Lund, now it is it's high time that you know we stop thinking that it's all for one one for all and that we can't work with other blockchains other projects and stuff like that and you're totally right about the you know, you you know best on on that situation. You survived a capitulation yourself. So, and I would yeah. point out, there's people, there's developers in this room at this moment, like listening to see what the fuck's going on, and they're like, "Wait, uh, we have projects. They might be in various levels of completion. Maybe we should redeploy on Luna Classic or on on Luna or whatever." So, yeah, they're like, 
when uh, you know people hear folks chatting and stuff like this, if they see optimism and they see like huge crowds, you know, coalescing because people are like really interested in what's going on, then they're more likely to say, "Wait a minute! Like, there's billions of dollars on these chains or whatever. We need to uh, figure out how to access some of that economic activity." But um, you know, if everyone's sitting here like talking like losers or whatever, then you're going to get nobody to come to build, and then things don't move forward. So. Yeah, always be aware that there's people listening that um, are interested in uh, maybe building on either blockchain or maybe some cross cross chain protocols and cool shit, and that's how you get the the momentum. Because imagine like two communities, a wrecked community and a whole new group of people, all like like pump, pumping out memes and going crazy on the internet like we did like last year. I mean the the actually uh, Bruce like. <laughs> The uh, the memification of Luna and UST and everything else was a sight to behold, if you can imagine. Like, it was one of the most uh, impressive sort of like like internet propagations of I don't know what you want to call it memes or whatever in in the crypto space for all time. I think I think it was like it was really impressive. Uh, maybe his second only to like Charles Hoskins and his and his Cardano shit. Um, <laughs> so it was really cool. Like we we can get back to that again. I think. Uh, with if there's enough cool shit to do on the chain uh casey uh, you're about to say something hey thanks for having me up i appreciate it i really enjoy your guys conversations you know i've i've had this idea in the back of my head for a while i'm like you know with all the talent and the raw social mastery that is in this community what would it be like if say the community infiltrated say tama safe moon and started fixing all the chaos in there and unifying the cultures by fixing the actual platform. Kind of a scaling up to what Bruce was talking about. Maybe that's too far out of hand, but. Oh, you mean like just idea. kind of cross community pollination? There's, there's some of that yeah. already. There's some of that already. Like I've met people from. Um, any number of different uh, projects uh, when discussing Cosmos or uh, when discussing Terra or anything else. So there's some of that. Like, I don't know that it's something that's, you know, that's, I think that's more of an organic process than anything. And, you know, and cross-pollination kind of strikes that tone of like, ah, oh, we're going to buy each other's coins. And I'm really thinking more like, is there a way to actually like take the original concept of these platforms and actually hone them in and make them truly usable and you know good <laughs> effectively you know what i mean yeah like some of the some a lot of coins actually in the crypto space are just kind of erc20 uh tokens and things like that um it is actually quite possible for those to come with the new updates that uh, doe and others are considering um it's actually going to be possible in the future to just spin up your own chain actually uh, using some of the new technologies um, available in Cosmos. So that might be interesting to a lot of communities that they can, you know, like produce these new ideas. Um, so yeah, the world's about to change as far as like how easy it's going to be. Like next year, it's going to be way easier with the stuff that uh, Adam's doing and what uh, Terra's doing, what Osmosis is doing. It's going to be a lot easier for people to spin up a new cosmos chain which may attract all sorts of new communities actually like governments it might attract like charities it might attract like sports teams airlines like you name it like it's going to be way easier so if you look at what doe announced today this feather protocol idea 
it's the ability to create brand new blockchains actually entirely out of out of scratch from scratch and have it be fully updated and capable um you know almost like you know you know starting an app on the app store on the iphone or something like that if you guys have ever done that it's it's uh relatively easy and um you know little kids do it now you know what i mean so it's going to be like almost childlike if you look at what doe is proposing with this feather protocol or this feather uh initiative whatever he wants to call it where he uses the terra blockchain to make it much much easier to people anybody to make their own blockchain like you know you might have the cephi blockchain and the kc blockchain it could be that easy um so yeah a lot is about to change over the next year um so that's going to change also like it, it's gonna and this is a warning to people too it's like if it's easy to make a blockchain and block space and block time is becoming very cheap, like how do you differentiate your chain? Like you need to do that, whether it's Luna, whether it's Luna Classic, whoever it is. And you can't be wasting too much time on stupid shit like how do you make a blockchain or how do you make it work or basics about governance because you will be left behind. And that's an important uh, like thing for people to keep in mind. There, you have to be in a rush for this sort of thing all the time, uh, not arguing amongst each other about nonsense. Um, otherwise you won't get anywhere. <laughs> so, so wait a minute. So like, are we heading towards like a soul bound blockchain where every individual has their own blockchain? Mm, I don't, I don't know if it's necessary for most individuals to have a blockchain, but, uh, it won't be very difficult to do so if one wanted to, is what I'm saying. Um, you can imagine like some, I don't know, celebrities or some, something that feel like bothering, could do so fairly readily uh, with the new systems that are approaching next year. So like all your social media data is the data in the node, basically, and your nodes are full of your your profile? Yeah, you could record all sorts of information on chain, like maybe, I don't know, maybe you'd record your tweets and maybe pictures of, you know, like almost like in an NFT format. Oh, Medical by the way, Tara announced today. I don't know if people noticed that. Bruce, did you see the NFT uh, video that was posted today? Uh, which one? So Terraform Labs uh, put together a like uh, instructional video, and it was like how it's going to be vastly easier. Actually, it's on there now. I think you can do it already. But it's going to be vastly easier with this tooling for an NFT project to deploy on Terra. Like just go and it's like a little YouTube video. You follow the instructions, mm -hmm. and next thing, boom, you have an NFT project. Yeah. So it's going to be a lot easier for artists and stuff. So that's what is has been happening uh, KC. it's like imagine you're a celebrity like a singer or something like that and you could like have a small team uh easily be able to you know from scratch spin up a blockchain you're going to be able to easily like deploy nfts and maybe have a chain that's specific to like you or whatever right or so that's going to be an interesting uh future coming forward where um, I think this traditional idea of like layer ones, like Ethereum, and then having a layer two, and then having something else on that. I think that's the opposite of what Cosmos' idea is, where almost anyone can spin up a chain for whatever reason they feel like it. Um, and I, I, think, I imagine that being yeah. like very applicable to like a, a startup business. Exactly, uh, right? but imagine. Well, think of it this way: you know how. Have you used anything like um, e-commerce websites like Shopify or like sure. WordPress or something like that? Yep. So imagine uh, a blockchain being more like that, right? So like Andromeda Protocol is going to have drag and drop shit, right? Where you can just like, you know, have different processes where you don't have to even know how to be a coder, right? And you can be able to run these things. 
so that's that's the big difference. It'll be like the WordPress of um, imagine like that's what Tara's trying to do with those announcements today. Yeah, I remember the the whole progress, right? Like you'd you'd open up Notepad or something. I guess before that you'd have like some kind of console or whatever, and then there was Notepad, and then um, I don't know, it wasn't a lie a lie for much of it because I'm only seventeen. But when I look back in Wikipedia and the history and stuff, there was um, programs like Adobe Dreamweaver, and then we progressed onto things like WordPress, and then it became easier and easier and easier. And now you can like deploy full e-commerce websites with just like a few clicks. Is it? You see it the same way, Seppi? Like this kind of. Yep. That's what that's what Tara's trying to do. That's yep. that's exactly what Doquan's comments today implied that you could start up a blockchain and have basically almost no knowledge of how to do it to start with. Like yeah. the validators in the background are taking care of you, right? Terra in the background is providing shared security. Um, simultaneously, like the tooling for being able to deploy is super easy, like a Shopify or something. And then on top of that, like even NFTs and other projects that want to just sort of like deploy um, is going to become easier and easier. And then when Andromeda protocol comes along, you can just drag and drop different functions. Like let's say you need like, a DEX swap, for example, like let's say you, LunkDAO, need to accept Lunk tokens, but somebody comes to your project, someone comes to play and they have Atom tokens, right? They can convert that to their Atom to Lunk uh, on the fly in the background and you can accept Lunk because the Andromeda protocol thing will automatically have like a drag and drop thing that you connect osmosis, right? So you can do these interesting things where like the cross-chain shit just happens and the end user doesn't have to notice any of that shit. But even more than that, the creator of the website, like like your LunkDAO page, for example, would simply, you don't have to know how to code anything. You just simply make it like a Shopify or WordPress page and you'll have the tools to put all, the, that, all that together. And Andromeda is coming out like middle of next year from everything I've talked to them about. So, and they're committed to connecting like Terra and Juno and like, I don't remember what else. Um, and then the other thing is star names. I don't know if you saw that. So Stargaze is putting together a name network. So you can basically like, you know, put your identity in a, one of those name things. So it'll be like, you know, uh, Bruce dot stars or whatever, almost like, you know, how the Ethereum people put dotties at the end and you can use that across the cosmos to sort of like accept payments or whatever the fuck. So, um, yeah, that's another interesting, uh, connectivity. So yeah, by next year, like late next year, there'll be a lot of new cool stuff happening um that people should be excited about anyway casey does that make sense like i think yeah yeah no, that totally makes sense. yeah i mean like you know if i can hop in there and drag and drop a multi-sex decks and and recreate the fundamentals to what another more failed project is doing and then market against that to kind of give the people a lifeboat no it seems not so horrible yeah, and uh, actually, uh, you won't need um, necessarily a lot of centralized exchange stuff anymore on Cosmos because um, DYDX and SEI networks both are going to have all sorts of order books, um, order book based really? market maker based, yeah, market maker based trading, so that you don't have like the high AMM fees of like um, you know, like you might have a Uniswap or something like that. So there's a lot of things like moving us away from more and more. Uh, bridges and centralized exchanges and all of that shit. Um, so yeah, hopefully things will become safer uh, as well as it pertains to all this business. Cause obviously 
you know, all of us have been wrecked in one thing or the other this last year uh, with, with like just colossal, just horrendous mistakes that have been made. Uh, and um, hopefully people have learned from them and like create more robust protocols. Hey, Fefi, Doquan has just tweeted. I posted it at the top. He's, uh, he's saying, all right, yeah. conference soon to get over this hiding BS. Cops from all over the world, welcome to attend. He's uh, he's challenging the world. That's so funny. What's that all about? <laughs> because I guess nobody has ever seen a red notice or anything else. It's all just kind of uh, weird, weird uh, Chinese whispers. These these South Koreans, man, they got some balls. At least this one does. It's like he's doing like a Squid Game kind of thing going on here. I don't know what he's thinking. I'm like, dude, just stay fucking hidden. I don't know why that's so difficult. <laughs> no, I I think he's um. I don't know. He's the, the I, I I said back in um, June or something. He he has an opportunity to be like the new John McAfee. Um, even though John McAfee is not really dead, he's still in in Texas in a Faraday cage. Um, but if he was dead, then Doquan would have the opportunity to be the new John McAfee. This guy who doesn't give a fuck, just relentlessly pursues freedom. You know, travels around the world, um, takes on different identities, gets some surgery to change his face and stuff. Just like pumps out more and more and more blockchains doesn't give a fuck like I, I support that guy everyone loves a person like that just a fucking old human it's like even if you hate him you want to follow the story you know what i mean like that that's that's the dope one i want that's the dope yeah one this, is, this is the kind of story that you're hoping that like maybe 20 years from now it's like you know the people who supported it are going to look like winners and everyone else is going to look like a loser it's almost like the people that made fun of uh, elon and steve jobs or whoever the fuck and then exactly. they succeed, and then everyone's like, "Wait, what? <laughs> you know, you mean you mean you're going to put rockets on Mars or whatever? Or like, like I mean, you know, like if you look at SpaceX as rockets, right? I, I'm just embarrassed at how like I didn't catch, I didn't understand Elon like way back then, right? Like when he was doing this shit, and then he's got like the biggest rockets on the planet, like bigger than Boeing, bigger than whoever the fuck NASA, and you know, like it's just amazing how he was able to build shit bigger than any country." Um, and, uh, like, you know, has this massive come, like maybe not comeback story, but, you know, like, you know, the, like almost lost it all, but was able to make it anyway. I think that's the story. We'll see. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Hello. Hi, everybody. Hello, Eamon. What is going on with you? Uh, at first, I am sorry for my poor English or British. I hope Yura can help me for translate i want say uh, what about merged lung with luna you are listening to me oh merging it yep lung with luna in future what about um i don't think you can merge it but you can basically make both of the chains communicate very closely with each other so you can move assets back and forth very easy um i think that's what uh i'm hoping for but uh we'll see what everyone decides to build let's do a little show of hands quickly do you know how to do the emoji it's at the bottom of your screen where the love heart is uh everyone raise your hand if you're willing to sacrifice yourself for the mm. thank you guys at last, uh, today, Doc won the service tuna for breakfast. I have to say, Doc won 
if a investment or investment proof. Thank you. Thank you. Look down. Do you think if they ever got to the bottom of like the real, you know, kind of person who ever like kind of really did push the button in a sense, do you think it would ever, you know, lose this kind of animosity around uh, the Quan himself? By Quan, do you mean Donald Quanald? Do you mean do you mean <laughs> big, big D, big big Donald? Big, big Daddy Quan. You, you know, you know that guy. You know the you know the one from the Where's Do Quando books. Yeah, him. yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean because I gave birth to him. Um, big, big mama Uh it, No, not really. I think people are stupid, man. Like people are really fucking stupid. Um, on average, not saying any of you, all of you in the here are geniuses, but like people on average, they're they're fucking stupid, man. Like they they are really stupid. You can provide perfect information. You can have complete clarity about some situation. Uh, but nobody will care to read it. They will just stick to their existing judgments. Um, even a situation like this, like most of the information is out there. What he did, what the history was, like um, how uh, the Bitcoin was sold and all that stuff. Like you can see it uh, when it was like, when you can see UST being bought and all these things on the market. Like it, it, there's no big secret here. And there was no big secret for the last two years. Just nobody wants to look at it. The The, the primitive like lizard brain of most people says, Oh, there was a lot of money lost. It must be a scam. It must be a Ponzi. That's just the average like human level of consciousness. That's that's the the sad spiritual level we're at now in the Kali Yuga, this this universal cycle of the Hindu religion. Um, it's a it's a sad, sorry state. Uh, I don't know. And it's also not the fault of people who attack the system, right? Happy. It's it's like if there's a rational trade to be made, and if if that rational trade can be made with enough money. There's probably some actor out there who's willing to do it. Um, and the the goal of a system is to be resilient to those things. And it wasn't. So it was a failure. It was like a fuck up on that level. But we all knew the risks. Actually, in retrospect, I think the biggest fuck up was actually uh, listing UST on centralized exchanges as a stable coin uh, when the the exchanges that listed it, like, for example, I don't know, like, I think maybe uh, Binance, KuCoin, and a bunch of others, they should have guaranteed one-to-one -one remittances for some other stablecoin or US dollar. Had they done that, this would not have happened, period, end of story. But actually what happened was, even though those uh, groups, you know, exchanges knew this was a algorithmic experimental stablecoin, the exchanges themselves marketed it as a stablecoin even though they knew this sort of thing. And like even afterwards, what's his name? Uh, CZ sort of like claimed ignorance, like, oh, I don't know anything about Lunar UST. This is the first time I heard about it. Like, it's just such bullshit. Like, it, he, like so in other words, like, the, the, they didn't accept any liability for anything. And we're actually the proximal cause of most of this happening. And in, in, yeah. like the way I look at it. They deleted all the app. If you want to know the most evil man in the world, probably CZ. Uh, probably CZ in terms of like, uh, being to blame on some level, advertising UST is stable, um, getting it on board, investing early, then denying any connection to it at all, uh, <laughs> fucking things up majorly, and then also claiming to be the savior of Lunk and claiming to be the one, like the, the outraged, righteous um, justice warrior of the, the community. Like he was the, the cause and the savior. <laughs> on many <laughs> yeah that was a funny thing like uh people completely didn't notice that um in fact even like 
um, TFL or anybody, nobody really mentioned this problem of like the lack of decentralized remittance. Like that was my biggest takeaway from the UST collapse was like, there is no way this works unless every place that issues UST is willing to accept it one-to-one for a US dollar um, and not simply rely on some sort of like algorithmic arbitrage mechanism. Yeah. And did, TFL didn't we? want anyone to sort of like say anything about that in a sense because like, well, it defeats the whole point of being decentralized, right? It's like, how is it decentralized? But then we have to rely upon centralized exchanges. Arguably, it should not have been listed on any centralized exchanges then, right? That would have been the right like strategy, but a lot of places listed it just because whatever. I don't know how much TFL had a role to play in listing there, but you know that was an interesting paradigm that, um, like you know, like Binance offered the exact tools to short, uh, like UST and Luna at the same time that they mm-hmm. were trying to claim that this is a stable coin. And FTX, huh? yeah, yeah, the whole thing was just weird the after perk. the fact. But anyway, but I think that's true of any stable coin. Like anybody that tries to do anything, like collateral based or otherwise, you cannot have it go to centralized exchanges and not add the same exact risk, even the Kujira one or whoever, right? It needs to be native to that particular blockchain, I think. Uh, So you can't like replace all the world's money with it that way. You know what I'm saying? But like you could like, for example, let's say you had a stable coin on Terra today. Like, let's say, for example, you had a merchant who wanted to accept, uh, you know, some kind of coin. It would want you'd want it to like switch from like let's say UST to maybe like Atom and then transmit to that uh, vendor, and then that vendor would immediately convert that to say USDC or whatever they wanted to. Right, that would be the way to do it. Like this whole concept of like uh, you know like a stable coin that just is pervasive and that merchants will accept it. This is an unnecessary like step and adds a whole another layer of risk um so i think that's what went wrong if people were you know confused about that but like no i don't think that like even the curve pool thing right um i guess theoretically someone could have had knowledge of it or saw that it was happening and then maybe found a, a vector to attack that i suppose if you really know the curve pool well and know how to play games there and maybe that was a mistake that was made but also remember bruce like a bunch of like three major vendors uh, removed UST from Anchor all at one time as well. I think, and one of them was Celsius actually, which actually led to some of this. And it wasn't all like, um, it wasn't all premeditated, like, hey, let's crash this thing. Um, and then simultaneously, while Luna was up high, like 100 plus, a lot of hedge funds were dumping Luna on uh, retail users, e- even though they really should have been holding it for probably another like five years or something, the VC firms are partly to blame for that situation as well. Well, sorry about that. I didn't. It was um, a board decision to dump it. Yeah, I mean, you know, you ha- you have, you do what you have to do, right? <laughs> like, if Mike Mike Novogratz says, "Yeah, we're dumping all of our Luna," then obviously, you know, who else isn't going to dump their Luna? So anyway, yeah, but but like there's I don't know I I think even if really detailed information comes out that so and so actor were a major player and they caused this and that, nobody will care really. <laughs> the 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 world has this weird like instant emotional judgment. Um, one person becomes the the person to blame. The world seems to move on. The world also has for a long time though, right? Jesus Christ, man, the world. 
the world also has amnesia quite quickly. Like, um, I don't know why I keep mentioning this example of Mike Tyson. <laughs> Mike Tyson was like re regarded as this like sex felon back in the 80s and 90s. And now he's like the grandfather of, of the USA, like this, this podcast wise old guy or something who licks toads kind of in the, the Joe Rogan realm. Um, and I think he's a lot worse than Doquan ever was in like a thousand different ways. Yeah, right. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, like people have a short memory, I guess. And maybe like people have a soft spot for a comeback story too, like a like a forgiveness story as yeah. well. I think in many ways the the old community just went quiet and that didn't help things. And the reason the old community went quiet is number one, because they lost their net worth. They lost a lot of money in this crash. Um, and also because there was so much of like a negative attitude towards the whole thing, towards UST, towards TFL, um, towards Doquan. Nobody wanted to be the the recipient of that, right? Either like personally or professionally, or if they're involved in new projects or whatever. Nobody really wanted to speak out in in support of Doquan except me. Like I've I've loudly declared that I worship Doquan since the very beginning, and I'm proud of that. And uh, and I deserve full credit and free Luna for doing that from TFL. I wish I'm still waiting for my donation. I haven't received it yet, um, but I'm expecting it. But like I think that was. That was a lot of it. It's just that everyone was shell-shocked um, and a bit traumatized. And everyone was also kind of subject to this wide cancellation. Like, if you associate yourself with this, this apparent bad guy that everyone regards as this bad guy, you are also caught with that. And maybe you'll lose profit and reputation or whatever. Um, but I think when the, when the tide begins to shift, when the name starts to clear, when more reports come out and when more building is done, and just simply when time moves on and, and, you know, the human consciousness kind of shifts to other things and, and realizes that, you know, this was just um, a heartbreak and a failure, but nothing malicious. When that all happens, then this, this old community, the ones who don't blame him at all and who hold Luna right now, I think they will come to life and, and be much more loud than they are right now and, and even become like his greatest advocates, which will be interesting because these are the people who lost the most money. Um, they are the ones who are wrecked and have who have the most um, motivation out of anyone to blame, uh, and and for them to be defending him, supporting him, to be advocates of it, it, it really shows something, right? It shows that um, you know if if he there had been malicious intent and it was a big scam or whatever, these are the people who would run the furthest and take the biggest legal action. They're not the ones who would stand by him and support him. <laughs> Look at this follow-up Doquan tweet. For those of you that have been spreading falsehood on the taxpayer's dime, you're invited with VIP honors. We'll even pay for your plane ticket. <laughs> I, like the, I like the bit when he's like, makes up complete bullshit for political reasons. Not true. Claim sovereign immunity. <laughs> he's cool. Uh, the other day I was pushing for that, that Laura, uh, what's her name? Laura Shin versus, sorry. Do Kwon versus Fat Man debate hosted by Laura Shin, that, that Asian woman on the Unchained uh, podcast. I think that would be incredibly funny because, like, <laughs> Fat Man is so much more stupid. <laughs> it would be, like, the most funny thing I've ever seen. I don't think he would do it, though, um, for obvious reasons. Yeah, I, I haven't heard much out of him that implies to me that he is, like, a really solid tech nerd either, by the way in his language and his tweets or anything else. I don't know that he knows anything. Like, I'm not sure, no. like, uh, in, in some kind of debate, he could understand, like, the technical merits of anything, like, whether it's a peg mechanism or, or anything else. Um, 
it's just the, the entire argument is stupid. Like it's a, it's a doc's founder. Oh did wait, see, he rug pulled everybody or something like this. Just nonsense. Did you see the the follow up conversation I had with Laura Shin? I was like, uh, I, I tagged Laura Shin and I was like, did Fat Man and you arrange the the interview questions before this? Did he know all of the questions in advance? And um, Laura Shin replied, uh, I don't know whether you're talking about Doe or Fat Man, but but there was no preparation for Doe. <laughs> like this really vague answer like to say that there was no preparation for dope but i'm not going to clarify with fat man um but like all of those answers were pre-prepared and and it was all like a, a script he just read off his computer like that was the funny thing and why i wanted to push for a debate because like um let him stand on his own in a live conversation and see how he falls apart it, it would just be the funniest thing ever i think sophie has got a phone call <laughs> My question is, I want to learn how to play the games on the Binance, and I don't know how to do it. I just want to learn how to do that. I'm very interested in learning how to do it. Please, can someone teach me? Yeah, you need to go and ask CZ, not us. We're a, a Lunk space, a Lunar space. Go, go hassle the big man, the big man who caused the, the UST collapse. Uh, hassle him. Bruce, there's kind of like a pretty uh, large interested crowd here. I don't know if you can carry this on without me, but I've got to jump. Uh, I, if folks haven't heard this conversation today, uh, you might want to pick, like, listen to the recording and stuff. We covered pretty much all the projects that Doe and company are kind of like trying to implement. And he actually tweeted some things too about like, and he has a post on the Agora forum as far as like what type of things he's planning for Luna and like the cosmos and stuff like that. So it's worth checking out. Uh, but Bruce, I've got to run here. That's why I wanted to kind of make sure like I was able to exit gracefully instead of like, no, no. <laughs> like turning off the room just suddenly. It's okay. Um, yeah. Send, sending you all love and blessings. If you haven't listened to this already, go back, uh, play it again, pour a nice hot bath, put some candles around the bath, make it an event, you know, maybe drop some rose petals everywhere and, and enjoy it. Cause there was a lot of uh, alpha shared here today and a lot of um, important things. Yeah, thank you, everyone. Lots of love and blessings to you all. Later on, guys. Thanks. Ciao for now. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was a Chepe Space. What did Do Kwan say today? Recorded on Thursday, November 3rd, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. In the darkest of times, when the phoenix arises out of the ashes like some burned up papyrus, open the sarcophagus and release the virus. Got a lump in your throat like tonsillitis. When the flags go up like everyone is righteous, spending government checks sniffing up the white dust. The previous generation wants to be just like us. Fuck that shit, I'm trying to be like Mike was. Drop the bias and you might survive this. The mummy coming through to remind your highness. I might just buy up my own fucking eye. Build a little bunker, then wait for the timer Countdown to zero, day exploiting Every exploit in your internet sex Toys in emitting vibrations through the ether Did you just come me either? If you look at the 
bright side We're lost at the right time Blindly following stars in the night sky Part of me might ride away with the prize fight Man versus everything else until the time's right Unleash the cracking. No wait, that was crack Fuck now everybody feeling all amped up Fucking like bunnies to the national anthem Ugly little shits eating up all our rhythm Mishandling the captions Who has the answer? Holding our attention for ransom Fed up with all the red tape and the boring template Like it matters if it's a blue or red state Charged every month and we can't even cancel Feeling distressed? Fuck it, kill the damsel Fuck yeah, spread it like we're on some undead shit And pass the bitch around like a meme from Reddit In the beginning it was suggested that the mortality rate would be 5% And the numbers are so much higher We're not ready for the next epidemic And so if your oxygen level falls too low and it cannot be kept up with just what we call nasal cannulas or rebreathing oxygen masks, if you can't get enough oxygen from that, then they will intubate the, the patient. Ten spaces.